welcome to Gamers on the Go, a podcast dedicated solely to those games you can take with you. I'm your host, Chase Kennecke. Today's show is on Box Boy, and my guest, Matt Jaguer. Hello, Matt. Hey! It's good to have you back on for what's... We've done 41 episodes. You've probably been a part of at least 20 of them, it seems. Uh, I think a little less than 20, but yeah, fair <laughs> you are You are the solid guest that I can always count on for a good show. And uh, and you play a lot of these games, so it's it's always great to have yeah. you on. Uh, East Coast correspondent, I'm sorry, Magic Air. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, don't you forget it. <laughs> Would never want to belittle your title. Mm. Um, so yeah, today we're going to be talking about Box Boy, a game that came out of Howl Laboratories. Um, but first, it is nearing the end of May, which means the beginning of June is coming. And with that, uh, it's definitely getting into E3 season. Um, so... Even though we want to keep the shows generally pretty topical, or not topical, not uh, the opposite of topical, pretty evergreen. We're keeping it topical, but um, we are going to, we are at least going to do a topical segment here because it's always fun to talk about E three stuff. Mm. Um, and I see think how we, long we are going to be this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've kind of done it in the past, and it's always fun to to throw around some ideas that are never going to happen. Mm. <laughs> um, and I guess I can start it off with uh, with that great segue. Uh, that it'd be really cool if a new Golden Sun was announced. <laughs> now, well, is Camelot doing anything? Right exactly. Now? now, this was this was my thinking. I I was I did some research just to make sure Camelot puts out a game usually on about a two year cycle. Um, so for uh, two uh, last year was Mario Golf, and two years before that was Mario Tennis, both for 3DS. Um, and really their third pillar of games they make is Golden Sun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then before, before that, uh, man, before that might've been Dark Dawn or maybe it was, maybe it was something for the Wii. Uh, it might've been tennis or something for the Wii, but, um, anyway, Camelot hasn't put out anything for almost a year now. And man, it would be really great if they could announce that and then bring it out next year. I mean, they did do the, uh, recently had the uh, Wii U Virtual Console Game Boy Advance game Golden Sun released for that. Uh, And they're recently doing DS games, so I wouldn't imagine uh, the DS version of that might make an appearance. Right. Uh, Now, we haven't gotten the second Golden Sun, Lost Age, on Virtual Mm -hmm. Console yet. And and also being being one of those kind of crazy games that allows you to uh, connect them. I can't Wasn't remember like how you connected it. It might have been a password, so you might be okay on that. Um, but it would still be cool to uh, to do something with that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, I'm always itching for another Golden Sun. I know the third game in the series, Dark Dawn, the one for the DS, uh, was not as well received. It was a hell of a lot easier. I remember blazing through that game and not even really using any strategy until the very final boss fight. Mm-hmm. And even that was a pretty easy cakewalk. Um, and, and also you played as the children, which weren't as cool. I mean, it was fine. You're Um, you're always playing as kids though. (laughs) Right. But I, I like Isaac and and Garrett and, uh, and all those, and the other people whose names I don't remember, Maya and Ivan. And uh, I definitely don't remember the other four from Lost Age. Um, Uh, Felix. Felix. Yes. Felix. And, um, um, oh, the. Garrett's younger sister, who's the fire wizard person, and um, whatever, put them all in Smash Brothers. Yeah, 
and the kind of Egyptian earth. Yeah. All right. So yeah, definitely put them all in Smash Brothers. That'd be a great idea. Uh, although uh, I, Isaac's still in as an assist trophy for oh, the new Smash Brothers, Smash, right? Then, yeah, yeah. Character. They won't. They they made sure to put that on their kind of uh, survey thing. Sakurai decreed it, <laughs> so yeah. it shall be. Have you? Uh, did you put anything in for that? I have not actually. I haven't done. Uh, it's just been more interesting seeing like every other publisher who doesn't want to be on a Nintendo console right now wants their character to be in Smash Brothers. Though. So. Yeah, I. It, it's, a, <laughs> it's a big. It's a big series. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's still selling well. So whatever. I, I forgot what the uh, what the link is to that. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, and let me make a note of that so I remember to do that. Um, but yeah, that Nintendo's has this kind of survey out there that if you want to suggest a possible character for Smash Brothers, they're at least taking suggestions. Now they might not do anything with it, but the uh, uh, yeah, there's still rights and things like that. Like if they wanted to get, say, I'm sure it'd be easier to get Solid Snake since they've already used it before. Mm-hmm. They got that. But if they want to use someone like Banjo Kazooie, that'd be uh, be a little difficult, right? Um, yeah, so, um, I, I did it the first day when, once they opened it up, I, I definitely put in my, my two cents, uh, knowing that I couldn't choose Isaac, which would have been my choice. Um, also they probably don't need Isaac. They have too many sword users already. Um, you know what they need is a shovel. How about Shovel Knight? I, that's a pretty good one. And one that's been gaining a lot of traction. I know Shovel Knight and then I know Commander Video has also, uh, received a lot of votes. Um, uh, but the one that I thought would be great would be Shy Guy. I mean, he's oh, yeah. he's already an established character. Yay. He's already in uh, in Mario Kart and Mario Tennis and a couple other games, and mm-hmm. um, he would fit right into that. And also, you know, from playing games like Paper Mario and Yoshi's Island, they do so many things with Shy Guys. They have uh, they have uh, uh, slingshots and stilts. And all the different kinds of quote unquote guys that it would be it would be really neat to have them all as a character. And you have the easy skin choices of, you know, just change the the color of their, their cloaky robe things and Exactly. I think Shy Guy's awesome. I think that would be a pretty cool addition and one they could easily do. Um mm-hmm. so who knows? Uh, but yeah, that's the one I put out there that I thought would be cool. Um, you know, there there are lots of other ones that would be pretty neat. Yeah. Um, do they is Skull Kid still a uh, assist trophy? Oh, jeez! It does kind of the same chaos control kind of thing that uh, that Shadow does. I thought. Yeah, yeah, I think mm-hmm. he is, but mm-hmm. I'm not 100 percent right now on that. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, I actually did see today uh, when I was going through some articles on Box Boy that some people were kind of pushing for Box Boy to be a Smash yeah, Brothers character. I was going to mention that too right now because man, Box Boy is he's adorable. Yeah, he can he got different costumes. He can create boxes. The, the character writes itself for a fighting mm-hmm. game. He can use. I, they, uh, you know, there were a few interviews with the director of this game, and we'll get into it a little bit later when we get into our um, actual Box Boy talk, but. One of the questions posed to him, I think it was on a Kotaku article, was just like, hey, if you could have Box Boy, which is actually, his name is QB, and again, we'll we'll get Ah. into more of that. Box Boy, I guess, is more of a species than it is a name, Uh, but if you could have your main character in either Smash Brothers or Mario Kart, which one would you want? And he ended up saying Smash Brothers because he could see how a lot of that would work, uh, a lot of the mechanics uh, with the making of boxes and the way you can do the hooking stuff and, and 
a lot of those little tricks could be good things for offense and defense and, and things like that. But, um, and then Plus he also, the whole connection with how laboratories and if, all that stuff. Yeah. Too. It's built right in. Yeah. Um, but then he also said, yeah, in Mario Kart, he doesn't really have hands, so it'd be hard for him <laughs> to grip the uh, steering wheel, which is a, uh, a solid point. If he doesn't have hands, how does he throw those blocks, though? That's a, man, who knows? That's, that's we'll get a good more into that That's a good question. All right, um, so yeah, we, we deviated a little bit there. We're talking about E3. Mm-hmm. Um, Golden Sun would be, I would say, kind of a far-out possibility, but there is... I don't know. Maybe maybe some chance with uh, with Camelot not really have anything mentioned right now in what they're doing. Uh, I could certainly see them doing something like that, or or certainly a new IP or uh, a Mario Tennis or Golf for the Wii U is. is... Yeah, I was going to say yeah, I could go for a Mario Golf on the Wii U. That'd be yeah. that'd be pretty awesome. And and I love Mario Golf. I have nothing against it. Um, mm-hmm. The the Game Boy Color game I still think is the best of the series, and and that goes for tennis as well. Um, but the the new ones on 3ds are really solid, and if the Wii U is not that long for this world, uh, with with NX apparently coming in, in the next couple of years, you would think that's still that two years down the road. It that's is, a long time. it is, but it took four years for, or it took two years rather for tennis and golf to come out for the 3ds, with Camelot being on yeah. their kind of two year cycle. So I could. I could see them wanting to push those out before before we use done. Uh, so that that makes sense too. But I'm going to just keep my fingers crossed for uh, Golden Sun. So okay. Matt, aside from uh, Camelot, what do you think Retro Studios is uh, doing now that they've had quite a bit of time since uh, Tropical Freeze? That is a really good Kong question. Country. I I really don't want them to see. I really don't want to see them make another Donkey Kong game. Um, mm. at, at least not the same kind of Donkey Kong Country return stuff that they've yeah. been doing. Uh, Freeze is great. I got it as one of my uh, free games being uh, Platinum in Club Nintendo for oh, yeah? the last time. And yeah, it, it, for free game, it's an excellent value. Definitely. I heard it's a, it's a great game. And, and I played I played <laughs> Returns, tough. and it was it was fun. But I just, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not... As, I guess I'm not as big of a Donkey Kong fan as I thought I was at some point. Um, yeah. I mean, right now I'm kind of on, like, uh, platform fatigue, so I kind of put it down, but it's still, it's a really good game, and one I'll definitely return to. And that one is still only on Wii U, right? Correct. Because the the first one eventually made it over to 3DS, but the... the... That was a, but it was a Wii game, so... That's true. Yeah, that's true, too. scales a little differently, and it it definitely shows that it's a Wii U game, like, it's, it looks very nice, the music Mm -hmm. is fantastic. So it's not something you, you would see being on a, on a... 3ds like they that might not be an announcement oh hell no 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 they'd have to severely scale it down even for the new 3ds i would imagine okay um then yeah i don't really know what retro would do then it's it's got to be another metroid game it's been a while it it has (laughs) it were it's the anniversary was the 25th anniversary of metroid yeah it's been a while since we've had a a tried and true metroid kind of game uh for any any either the handheld or the home console and I, yeah, people keep saying like, "Oh, they're going to do a twofer," and I'm like, "Yeah, that'd be nice," but I don't, I don't really think they could want to do that right now if mm-hmm. they want to, you know, put all their eggs in one basket for a Wii U release. But maybe they did split, uh, did it like last time with Fusion and Metroid Prime One. But who knows? I'd, I'd be pleasantly surprised though if they did have two Metroid games announced for E3. 
Yeah, I mean, I would that would be pretty shocking. Imagining you know how they've treated Metroid over the years, uh, I, it's hard to see them making two more Metroid games, uh, especially after um, the last you know the last ones we've seen. I would say this. I'd, I'd say, and this will go in with another thing. We're definitely going to see a lot more Game Boy Pants. Uh, console uh, virtual console releases in the upcoming months, and I'm sure E3 is going to be the platform for them to announce some big ones. For sure, and I'm pretty sure I, I would say Zero Mission has to be, yeah, uh, one of those tentpole releases that they're going to make. As, as uh, a person who has uh, has had Fusion on their 3DS for a long time because of the Ambassador <laughs> program, um, is that actually something that's out there now for for everyone else? Do you know? No, no. Okay. You still cannot get Super Nintendo Game Boy Advance games on your 3DS right now. Okay, so that I think it's more to do with just how the the architect of the 3DS just doesn't lend itself well for uh, emulation on the Super Nintendo, and uh, for whatever reason, that doesn't do Game Boy Advance games. Uh, like they haven't cracked it as like getting the suspend feature right or something like mm-hmm. that. Because uh, from what I, I understand, the Ambassador games they just run as its own little kind of separate software, right? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like uh, akin to running the the Wii channel on the Wii U to play old Wii games, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, along with like Metroid, uh, sorry, Metroid uh, Zero Mission, I would, I, I'd have to say they got to release Mother Three on the virtual <laughs> console. Well, you and took one from was, me, Matt. That that was going to hey, be one that I was great minds say. think alike, Chase. Well, you see. There's this whole Lucas coming out in, in June, uh, which is the E3 month, mm-hmm. uh, for Smash Brothers, which yep. uh, which made me jump up and down, of course. And, and they, they teased it last year with uh, the robot chicken gag, right. uh, gag uh, where's Mother 3 and mm-hmm. all that all that stuff. So, they, you know, Nintendo's aware of it, obviously, that people in the United States really want this game. And I'm fairly certain Earthbound on the virtual console for the Wii did fairly well when it came out. I like, believe it did, yeah. I'm, I'm sure, like, well enough, they were like, okay, maybe there's some interest. And they have done uh, import games like Sin and Punishment and the Lost Levels for Mario Brothers for the original Nintendo uh, as virtual console imports, quote-unquote, that have been translated mm-hmm. and all all that stuff for a Western audience. So I, I'd imagine we'll get something like a uh, Mother 3 or something like Earthbound 2 if it's, you know, changed in any way for translation's sake. Yeah. yeah, that's one of my big uh, hopes for E3. I, I will say that I, I don't think it's going to happen. If I was putting money on it, I would say it's it's definitely not going to happen. Really? Uh, yeah. Just <laughs> I, I think Just it is Mother 3. I think it is a slim, slim-ass chance that it happens. Hmm. But I do think if there was a year to do it, this one makes the absolute most sense of any. Hmm. Uh, with everything that you mentioned, with Earthbound coming out last year to a to a pretty good response to Lucas coming out uh, this in this upcoming month, uh, and all they have to do is just put it out for eight bucks, and it'll pretty much sell itself at that point. It, People it are certainly pretty, will. Pretty hungry for a new Earthbound, I believe. I would, I would definitely do that. Do you? Th- I mean, I guess they would have to call it Mother Three, wouldn't they? Oh, well, maybe not. Uh, they could call it Earthbound Two. I mean, just for sake of man, you know, that would be for, weird. It would be weird. Uh, or maybe they come out with uh, the first Earthbound, uh, Earthbound Zero for the NES. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Uh, it's it, They've kind of had like a trickle of games now that they have N64 games coming out. I'm sure we'll see more of those as well, too. 
mean, they, uh, they did do a, a Mother 1 and 2 collection for Game Boy Advance in Japan, I believe. Mm. So maybe that would be something that, hey, we've translated that, like Mother, Mother 1 as well. Maybe that'd be that'd be very nice. Uh, I'd, I'd really enjoy that. Because uh, yeah, I'm trying. I'm just trying to think of how that might work. But um, it's still, I think it's going to be a pretty slim chance that we ever see it. Um, slim chance, huh? But they're gonna they're gonna have to say the words "Mother Three because mm-hmm. Lucas is coming out. You have yeah. like that. That's going to be a Smash Brothers trailer. That hey, introducing Lucas. He's out today or tomorrow or next week or whatever they have to say for when he's actually coming out yeah, in June. Yeah, I, I definitely expect, like, another, you know, date announcement for the next DLC pack, and probably some more stuff for Mario Kart, since they've already acknowledged they're making some more for it anyway, so. Right. Uh, I, I, you'd have to imagine that they'd announce one, at least one more new character for Smash Brothers as well, right? Mm, yeah, uh, I mean, like I said, we got the contest going on, uh, and, yeah, I, I believe there'd be, like, some sort of, character on the back burner like lucas that have been in previous games mm-hmm. that they want to like maybe solid snake maybe they've already worked out something with konami even right. though konami is not doing anything right now in console space but or, hey or maybe they've uh, figured out the the technical difficulties with ice climbers and can bring those guys back in um i, I could see some different things with that but yeah, it would maybe. it would be nice if they at least uh referenced and mentioned like hey we had this this survey thing and you could you could have a nice little moment of yeah, we've gotten you know, 100,000 people to, to write in their own things about stuff. Yeah, sorry about that. No, you're like, what do the, the dogs think? Like, bring, bring them in. Like, let's, ask, <laughs> let's ask them. Who do they think is going to be they're in all, They're all for, for Duck Hunt Dog, really. Of so. course. I, well, that makes, that makes total sense. Um, maybe Sam or Max. Sam. Sam's the dog, right? Yeah, Sam's yeah, the dog. Sam's Max. the dog. Max hey. is the rabbit. Yeah, not Sam's. Yeah, Sam's a dog. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've never actually played a Sam and Max game, but uh... Uh, I used to watch the cartoon. Oh, way, really? Way back. Nice. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I, I do have to play those games sometimes, but yeah. uh, b- more predictions. Uh, do you think there's going to be anything for the Vita aside from uh, a trickle of indie games as usual? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, after you after you made that caveat, then no, because I, I definitely think we'll see a lot of a lot of games be shown and say hey this is going to come out for ps4 and vita uh i don't think you're going to be seeing things that are vita exclusives or i don't think they're really sony's really going to push it at all uh but you will see that that vita tag on a, a, probably a number of videos um for for presumably those kind of indie games or indie games yeah. or smaller games that uh people have probably already played on the pc yeah, um, it's a shame because Vita's a nice bit of hardware. It's mm-hmm. just it hasn't been used to its full potential in like many I, games. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you you might see another check-in on something like Galaxy, which, mm-hmm. man, I want that game to come out so bad. It's got to um, be coming out soon. The guy, the one of the developers was on uh, 8.4 past week and says, it's coming out soon. It's I, I hope. Soon. I got, when we were at PAX East last time, I got to talk to Jake Kasdell and... Uh, mm-hmm. and I want to get him on the podcast at some point. Um, I, I've got a business card. I've got a contact. We can we can make this happen. But uh, uh, we both agreed that it would be best to to wait until the game actually came out. So uh, it needs to come out first. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that and then uh, Nuclear Throne from Blambeer I know is supposed to come out to Vita at some point. That would be another yeah. thing you can mention. 
Uh, Risk of Rain has been on PC for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that it's been announced that there's going to be a Vita version. It's been announced for a while, but uh, it just hasn't happened quite yet. I could see something like um, um, that Adult Swim game, the Westerado, uh, that's, yeah, that's yeah, been out yeah. there. Like that, that makes sense for for a Vita kind of title. Uh, we already know that Not a Hero, that that game that we've talked about that you've played at, e- at uh, PAX East uh, before. Uh, mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. the Ali Ali developers that has yep. recently come out for PC. And uh, I believe they told us that they were working on a Vita version when we were talking to them. Um, so like that, that might be something to, to mention too. Uh, so, but again, like those are all the same kind of indie titles that we've come to expect that will, will show up to Vita. Your things like your Titan souls, the things like your hotline Miami's, um, things like your Luftrazers and those, the like of all that. Um, so I think we'll see more of that, but I, you're not going to see somebody come out and say, oh, man, we've got this really great new IP coming to Vita. Like that's just, I think that's just kind of a, a, a dinosaur at this point, that that, that would mm-hmm. even possibly happen. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe you'd get another like, re-release of something, something else, like in the way that you got Final, Final Fantasy X, X-2, uh, Final Fantasy there. 12, that'd be very nice on the Vita. That'd be neat, yeah. I I have a copy of Final Fantasy 12 that I have never put into a PlayStation 2 because I didn't Never have ever touched it? it no, never, because I, I bought it when I bought the PlayStation 2. I was like, oh, yeah, this is... <laughs> This will be something I can I can play at some point, and then just never did because I didn't play half of the PS2 games that I amassed mm-hmm. after well after the PS3 and Xbox 360 were out. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a I, good game. You it, should check it out sometime. It, it seems cool. Different. Like with all the Gambit stuff, that 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 would be totally cool. I'd be up for that. Uh, so we'll see. Um, what about from the other uh, big two, uh, Sony and Microsoft? Yeah. Seems seems a little light this year. Like we're getting you know this you know next Assassin's Creed, the next Call of Duty Black Ops, uh, and beyond that uh, we got Star Wars Battlefront, which is going to be these are all multi platform games, but mm-hmm. kind of like the exclusive games are what kind of keeps me interested in the other consoles. See, the problem is the, they're just not as fun to talk about. <laughs> Mm. I'd rather speculate about whether there's a new, a new Advance war somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, Intelligence uh, System isn't doing anything right now other than the new Fire Emblem. So. Yeah, and, and they were doing two games before with Codename Steam. Or Code, uh, yeah, Codename, no. Yes? Codename Steam. Yes. Yeah. God, yeah. SteamWorld Dig is the other one. They, <laughs> you will get that confused every That's time. That's image form. That's different. <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, but uh, speaking of uh, the new Fire Emblem, though, you think uh, they'll make the announcement that it's going to be just one game for the United States, or are they going to go with that multi-pack? Like, you choose the white yeah. or the black version, and that's the path you choose. I'd, I'd have to imagine it's one game with maybe DLC that you can like buy the other story piece. I'm hoping for two games. It's just, you know, you buy both games and you get the DLC with it, and it's all like a, a $60 package, which is like, you know, a full console release, but this is like, it's the same game, but it's twice the game, basically. And that's... Uh, if, if what they're boasting is that, oh, yeah, it's the full, one one path is the full, uh, it is compared to, like, Awakening in terms of story length and, uh, you know, gameplay variety. Yeah, I, I think that's a tough sell to, to sell two physical games like that in, in a package. It is, it is. But if it was like a collector's edition, I'm sure it just you, you wouldn't find it minutes after it's been announced. Yeah, I mean, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> Same here. 
Yeah, and it sounds like the dogs agree. They, they would also buy Fire Emblem. Uh, what, what is it? Fire Emblem F or AF or something like that? Fire Emblem If. If, yeah, that's if. right. They'll probably change that too for the US. Yeah, I would hope so. That that makes some sense. Um, yeah, I'm cool with it. I I know that will as as soon as it comes out, it will be my favorite game of the year, whichever year that is. Um, so uh, I yeah, I expect at least the end of this year or the beginning of next year, like they did with uh, Awakening. Yeah, uh, was that that was like a February release? That the, was yeah, it was a really early year release. Um, mm. But it was one that definitely stuck with me long enough to remember yeah. that that was definitely my favorite game of that year. Game of the year, yep. That's For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, trying trying to go back and, and think about Microsoft and Sony. Um, I think it's uh, Quantum Break. Uh, that's you know, I'm always interested in a remedy game, especially after uh, how great Alan Wake was. But they take forever in their games, so that's I I, stu- I seriously still do not expect that game to come out until well into 2016. Yeah. And it's a it's a little early, I would think, for like a Sunset Overdrive two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you see that. I mean, people have been talking Battletoads for for a while, just with rumor stuff with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Crackdown Three is coming out. Yeah, uh, uh, Crackdown. Crackdown. I'm sorry, it is it is Crackdown or the Crackdown or crackdown. <laughs> no number behind it. This is a reboot, mm-hmm. damn it. Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've enjoyed the first Crackdown and very much not the second Crackdown. Um, like a majority of players that I have talked to, um, but and I of course the, you know there'll be Halo there, of course. Yeah, Halo Five. You'll see some more of. Yep. Um, I would really like to hear what they have to say about Phantom Dust. Uh, with that, the studio yeah. that make that was making it is no longer no. with us. So, mm-hmm. I think they st- that Microsoft still wants it to get made, but who knows how that works anymore. Uh, that would I, I would like to hear at least what's going on with that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's you know example of them trying to just make a quick buck and like hey if we can make this on the cheap let's make it on the cheap right. And then and then for Sony man I just don't know um, like what what franchises do they have that Oof, you want to see? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, uh huh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mother, Mother Three, yeah. and Last Guardian. Why not just throw Half Life Three the in there too? Like they'll just all come out at the same time. Now is the time. Uh, but I mean, going back to Microsoft, I since they still have Rare, I would love to see Jet Force Gemini be re-released in some capacity. I know it's never back. I know it's, it's such a great game. Yeah, I, it's, got I, prob- it's got its problems, but. I bought still it much it. much later. Uh, I never played it on sixty four, and then I bought it. Uh, I still haven't played it, but I have it now at least. So that's it, it, I would guess it hasn't aged well, but it was at the time. It was so you mean it's a Nintendo sixty four game? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> None of those games have, uh, have really. Oh, there's some good. There's oh, I, hey, I love my Nintendo sixty four, but none of those games have looked good when you put them back in. I would argue Star Fox 64 is the best, not only best looking Star Fox game, yeah, the best uh, best one, best looking, best playing, and uh, the smoothest one out there. I w- I will give you that, um, except that it's also on the 3DS now. Uh, it's been for a yeah. while. It looks really good on that. Uh, it doesn't sound right, 
they they changed the voices and fucked it up. But yeah, yeah, it's still why I haven't gotten it. But but it is really good. I, I got to play through that, um, and I think it was the first time I ever beat the true ending. Um, on it's tough. was on my 3ds because I I got to the point where I was like, oh wait, I'm I'm getting the mission accomplished instead of the mission complete for all of these. Something something's going on. I'm doing I'm doing something well. How the hell? It's uh, tough. I was able to do it once with all my wingmen still alive at the end. Holy shit! That's, yeah, that's and impressive. and I still haven't even got unlocked like the the, the hard difficulty. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thinking of other things, I mean, Sony just like they kind of kind of blew their load early this year with Bloodborne and the Order. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to think of what else that they got coming in the pipeline other than uh, Persona Five. Oh uh, man, I can't wait for that. Uh, I, I mean, the, the one thing we haven't mentioned that's definitely going to get tossed around everywhere and it, is VR. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to see plenty cool. about Morpheus, and, and I, you know, maybe you'll hear a little bit about the Valve thing. I don't know how much they really care about E3, but um, but they're definitely, that one's coming out first, right. whatever. I forgot what their thing's called, but. The Vive, the Vive. Yeah, the that's I, it. And then we got the HoloLens from Microsoft, yeah, Oculus. And, and Oculus. So, I mean, you're you're going to be seeing that a lot. Uh, and I've never used one, so I can't really judge it too harshly. But it's just not the way I want to play my games. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's never going to be like I. <laughs> this is a handheld video game podcast. And it's because I like to have my games in the palm of my hand. Uh, it's because I like to be able to take my games wherever I wherever I go. And those those things are not conducive to VR. Um, but if we never break this immersion of immersion, <clears throat> how are we ever going to fully experience the trueness of videos uh-huh. games? Yeah, yes. sure. <laughs> I just, it, it comes back to a thing with me. It, it's when I'm trying to think about games and consumer electronics in general that it's it's all about convenience unless it's about spectacle. Whereas, uh, you know, if you have when when you're talking about something about like the uh, Guitar Hero or Rock Band controllers, how how neat of an experience that was, that trumped how ridiculous they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, it got to a point where it became just too much. But when you started off with Guitar Hero, it was just the one or two guitars right. in the game. That was it. But, it, but it was it was usable and it was manageable. And, and maybe it's not fair to to compare Rock Band and Guitar Hero controllers to something like um, oh shit, what was the the Sega Genesis uh, thing where you could. Rock- like, Rock Revolution? No, or? no, the, the no, no. circle, oh, yeah, the circle that went underneath you that you oh, could punch and kick. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that was that was something completely different. So yeah, yeah like total total low blow, and that those are not comparable things. But mm-hmm. like that is, you know, maybe maybe if it worked perfectly, it might be okay on the spectacle front. But it's just so clunky mm. that. No one's ever going to use that, and it, and it and it died the death that it deserved. And mm-hmm. I feel like VR is one of those things that is so clunky and so um, inconvenient in the way that you need to use it. Uh, like like for me, I love to play handheld games while I'm watching television. 
and lately I've been getting a little ridiculous because I've been playing MLB The Show on my Vita <laughs> while watching baseball, which uh, that's just ridiculous. You're a chunky chase. Yeah, I, oh, I very that. much am. Um, I wish my actual fantasy team was doing as well as my video game fantasy team was. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but I, yeah, I do agree. Like if, if this all this VR stuff isn't convenient enough for and priced right, because uh, I don't know if they're going to mm-hmm. announce prices at the C3. It still seems fairly early uh, oculus is coming out what next year they said right uh they expect to have a, a a retail version sometime in the future but they still haven't announced a price they still haven't announced what games are going to support it uh there's what adrift is like the one big game people have been mm-hmm. mentioning where you're it's kind of like gra- the movie gravity where uh you're just in a bad accident in space and you're trying to get you know trying to survive basically and uh, uh, it, and that's part of the problem, though. Like, when, when we're talking, like, just to quickly finish up this convenience part, like, how, how does Oculus or any of these VR headsets going to work with someone who has kids? Uh, and, the, mm-hmm. you know, if your kids want to come and, like, I don't know, have you make a sandwich for them or, or do whatever, like, that's, it's not going to work well game. when you've, yeah, <laughs> but then you pause the game, then you take off the headset, like, you, you can't hear because you have to have your headphones in to, to get, that immersion experience, you're missing phone calls. Uh, you're like, nobody can come over and play or watch you play your, your Oculus Rift experience. Uh, and actually I I think they can, it, it doesn't show up on a screen or something that of what you're doing. I know people are working on like little interfaces, like notification pop-ups and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like people have been able to show off oculus rift to people and then the other people in the room can still see what's going on like on a computer screen or something like that but like those are just not really super convenient ways and and i guess like a an the most comparable thing i can think of is 3d whereas 3d yeah see the dogs agree Uh, (laughs) but 3d is this thing that you know it's it's cool when it when it works but when does it work and when does it work as well as you need it to, because, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a 3d television in your home and you're trying to use it, you're only going to have so many pairs of glasses. Like I have a TV that technically can do 3d. So I've gotten, i when I bought it, it came with like two sets of glasses that you have mm-hmm. to put batteries in to make the glasses work. Yeah. It's like, man, yeah, this I is a friend. He has the same thing. We were like, Oh we, I, you know, I got Prometheus now and we can watch, uh, watch it in 3d. Cause you know, I got for ten bucks. Right. It's like, oh yeah, you come over and watch it. Oh, we gotta get another friend with me. Oh, I only have two glasses. Oh, I'll pick up some other ones. Oh, you need batteries for it. Oh, yeah, son of a like, bitch. what a pain in the ass. Like, who yeah. who's gonna want to do that? And then you're gonna have to get a different, uh, you know, the different way for your for your television broadcast to come in to make sure that it's a 3D signal and and to do all these different things. And like you said, if you have more people come over than than you have number of glasses, then it's useless for those people without glasses. And, and I feel like these headsets are pretty similar. Like you can't you can't really play a multiplayer game, yeah. especially not a local multiplayer game with these. Cause... I mean, you could. It's just you need two of them. That's just another barrier. It's it's also you won't be able to show this off. It's yeah, like that's have, to have a... somebody actually wear it, and then you know it's kind of you're still removed from showing it off. It's not like oh, check out my new. 70 inch uh, 4k tv and watch me play grand theft auto maxed out grand mm-hmm. theft auto 5 maxed out and you know you can have, you know you can all just sit and wonder and watch it you don't have to be involved in it 
the Oculus, you have to be a little bit more involved, involved in like playing it to actually experience it. Uh, and I don't know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see if that sells because I'm reminded of like, uh, you remember the Sega Master System? They had 3D glasses. That was like the price of the system yeah, itself. Yeah, that sounds, yeah, I remember I, it a little bit. I had an uncle who had that. And Lord knows when I was a kid, oh, I was geez. not allowed to touch them. Of course not, yeah. I had no idea, A, how expensive they were and Two, that if I broke them, it was the cost of another system, basically. Oh, geez, yeah. But uh, he would always bring it over and show it off to, like, the family and everything, but it would just be, like, one person at a time playing it. And it'd be like, you know, it's cool, but it's a novelty. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It, it depends how many people are willing to show up, like, oh, man, like, how many of the, the tech junkies that want to get it day one are willing to show up for this technology and right now that we have like four competitors already and no product out it's it's kind of like all right are we going to do this but we're on some like shaky ground right now yeah and i've seen like game reviewers bitch about like oh how are we going to show this off on our site like how how do you even present a game like that and wham wham what was me game reviewers but um but it does lead to the problem that you kind of mentioned on like how do you market these games at all how how do you show off like what's a what's a commercial for an Oculus Rift game going to look like on TV? Simple, or, you just plug in your Oculus Rift to the TV <laughs> and you can experience it in there. Yeah, there. but oh man, that sounds so it's, awful. It's another, it's another step where you have to go. But you're right, to bring it back to you three, I think we are going to see a lot more in the next coming weeks about VR and where it's heading and you know, it'll be the this next year is going to be it's going to be sink or swim for VR. Yeah, I, that's that's the most interesting thing for me when it comes to VR at E3 is how are they going to present this stuff? Because I, I wonder if it's going to be like when 3D was a big thing, and then the next year 3D was nothing. Right, and and even then, like they the way they were able to present 3D was terrible. Mm-hmm. It, it, when you're when you're showing a 3DS game. You can't show off the 3D. Like people no, are watching no. the streams on their laptops that are not 3D. They don't have 3D glasses on. They're watching it on a television uh, because I don't know Spike has it on or some crap like that. <laughs> um, and like you, you're still not getting it. Like that, that's impossible to show off. And in in the same way for VR, you have a few people out there with dev kits or or like the second generation of development kits for Oculus Rift. Uh, but nobody has a Morpheus right now. Nobody has a V or Vive or whatever it is. Um, but somehow we're supposed to be sold on these games. And like, how do you even show off a game like that? And that that's what interests me the most, because I really don't... I honestly don't care about VR, uh, at least until I try it, and and then I can go, oh, the spectacle of this really outweighs the the ridiculousness of the inconvenience, but... Yeah, I mean, just like with consoles, there has to be at least one game there that has to be like, okay, this I'm willing to invest in for, you know, the larger idea of it. Yeah. Even if it's just one game, if it's worth it, I'll save up for it. Yeah, but they have to present that game in some way. No Man's Sky. Well, there you go. Yeah, I, I know that No Man's Sky is going to be cool, and if you say that it's on Oculus Rift, great, but... I also know that it's, or Morpheus, I guess, is the, is the one, better one uh, for that, being a Sony kind of thing. But even so, I know that game is coming to non-Morpheus platforms, and I can play it there. 
So it needs to be something that's exclusive to these VR systems or VR uh, peripherals. And, and I'm just, I'm not seeing it. And, and even if they do have something that, that could legitimately be there, are they going to be able to present it in a way that makes, that gets people excited about it? Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. But um, yeah. Anything else we want to talk about E3 uh, before we move on to... Uh, yeah, uh, that's quite a bit. Do you have any any one crazy prediction? Any one game or one just crazy thing that'll happen during the E3 week? Man, I I mean, I want to say the crazy thing for me would e- would either be the Advance Wars or the or the Golden Sun, but mm-hmm. um, it's I, I feel like it's been a while since we've checked in on Pokemon. Um, I could definitely see them throwing out another Pokemon announcement of some sort. Um, we got we got Alpha Ruby, Alpha Sapphire, and Omega Ruby. Uh, I guess that was last year. Yeah, um, it's becoming like an annual annual uh, franchise. Yeah, I mean, it, I would say it's more like a two year cycle because you're you're getting a new one and then you're getting a revamped old one. Yeah, um, but I mean, like, look what we have had. What was it? Uh, uh, was it uh, Heart Gold and Soul, Soul Silver was first, or was that? Uh, uh, Diamond and Pearl first. I believe we got Diamond and Pearl first. They got Diamond and Pearl, and then next year you got uh, Platinum. Because you can go back farther than that, because we got we got Ruby and Sapphire, and then we got Fire Red and Leaf Green. Yeah. And then for the new systems, it was Diamond and Pearl, and then Heart Gold and Soul Silver, and then Black and White. And then Black and White two, and then X and Y, and it's been a yearly thing. So they're definitely they definitely have made this work yeah. year to year. So we'll. we'll I mean, I guarantee you we'll see a new Pokemon, but mm. will it be... I think we'll... You think we'll see Pokemon Snap for the Virtual Console? <laughs> Man, that would be pretty cool. I think we'll see that. I think we'll see that. Yeah, okay, you know what? Here's my crazy prediction. We'll we'll see a Pokemon Snap sequel ah, for, for Wii U or 3DS. I think Wii U makes the most sense. You can make it look like the... Um, didn't they do like a Fatal Frame game or at least talked about it where you kind of held the... Well, that's coming out. They announced at the last direct that Fatal Frame Three is coming to the United States, okay. or the or the next Fatal Frame game. But I think in the way that works, when you're holding the Wii U up yeah, to the yeah. TV like that, um, as like your viewfinder, that would be a pretty cool thing to do with a new Pokemon Snap. That that would be neat. Uh, a game made by Hal Laboratory, mm. uh, who also made Box Boy. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Let's get into Box Boy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you have a crazy prediction you wanted to throw? Oh, out we I already in? said my crazy prediction. That was Mother Three uh, coming to the Virtual Console. You're trying. You made it sound not crazy. I'll give it to you uh, there. Then my crazy, crazy prediction is Last Guardian, as always, coming <laughs> out can. for PlayStation Three, of course. Yeah, I, the the possibility that we would see both Mother Three and and Last Guardian in the same year would be pretty nuts. I, I'm just, I'm just a little sad. Zelda's not going to be there after being a last year. Yeah, not going to have it this year is a little bit disappointing. But I, I still disagree with everyone saying it's not coming out for the Wii U. It's being held for the NX. Well, oh yeah, that that's it. Just seems crazy to me. They've done Zelda in the past for a March release. This seems more on track. Like, oh, we're just going to release it March of next year. Yeah, I, I NX I think is is so down the line at this point that we we absolutely get Zelda for Wii U. Uh, I think it's insane to think that it would come out for NX instead. I it at at most it could be what like a Twilight Princess was where we're going to put it on both. 
And the best one will be the, the earlier Gen 1. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. definitely. The one where he's actually left-handed like he's supposed to be. Uh. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we still could... I, I very highly doubt we won't hear the word Zelda in that whole broadcast of whatever mm. Nintendo's... Uh, they're doing their same kind of uh, pre-recorded thing. Uh, maybe Zelda out. for DS uh, Virtual Console. Sure. Uh, on the view, maybe, but... Yeah, like uh, somehow find a way to get Phantom Hourglass and uh, and uh, Spirit Tracks in there. Um, wouldn't bet on it, though. I could, I could certainly see another Zelda for a 3DS, potentially. Yeah, new, yeah, like something that takes advantage of the new 3DS would be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of new 3DS, I'd hope to see... Uh, now that like they're getting some indie support, like the Binding of Isaac is coming to the new 3DS and Wii U. That's pretty cool. Uh, it'd be nice to see if we're going to get more like uh, cross-buy support, like they've been mm-hmm. doing uh, over the past month, and uh, hopefully more of like that comes to fruition. Too, I- I'm so. definitely interested in seeing how the new 3DS is spoken about, like whether. Mm-hmm. I, I still don't think we're going to see like the regular version of the new 3DS come out to America. I don't think they're going to announce that there, even I, if they did announce it. I think they are. I I think they need something for the holiday. Like, yeah, but do you think it's an E3 announcement? Uh, yeah, no, probably not an E3 announcement. Probably something for later in the summer for you know Q3, Q4. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, later announcements, so they have yeah, just some hardware bundle for uh, the the holiday. Right. And I mean, yeah, we're going to get, you know, release dates for Yoshi's Woolly World, Devil's Third, Xenoblade Chronicles X, Fatal Frame. We definitely need to see something, a reason to get the new 3DS. Because right now, isn't still the only game that requires it Xenoblade? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, Binding of Isaac is Okay, yeah, we know about Binding of Isaac. Games, yeah. uh, we know that Smash Brothers runs be- better on it, and I guess lots of games run better on it, but yeah, Smash Brothers and, is the one they support, off. but they got the portal coming in later. Right. Uh, but I, I'm sure there's going to be, I think, you know, I got a feeling they got some more indie support on the new 3DS now that they got some sort of, like, it seems like it can handle the kind of games the Vita can handle. Yeah, I, I suppose. Uh, I just... Uh, I I have I'm not sold on it yet. I'm perfectly happy with my 3ds XL. Uh, I see no need to upgrade yet. Uh, I think honestly, the thing that makes me want to upgrade the most is amiibo support. Yeah, and that my is heart. a shitty reason to upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my, my R button's going on my uh, 3ds. Yeah, but uh, it's a good enough reason to update. But I, I'm still holding out for that. Smaller, uh, regular edition. It'd be cool because I would definitely want to get some faceplates because that's <laughs> they did some they did some cool ones of those that look pretty. I nice. just want those multicolored buttons, man. Oh god, yeah, those multicolored buttons are really nice. Anyway, let's go into something monochrome. Yeah, now that we've destroyed that awesome segue, <laughs> I'm bringing it back. I'm it back. <laughs> let's talk about uh, Box Boy. So yeah, I'll, I'll run down this pretty quickly. Uh, Box Boy, uh, like we said made by, uh, developed by HAL Laboratory and published by Nintendo. Uh, it came out in Japan. It came out in uh, January um, of this year. And then for us, we got it uh, April 2nd, uh, us and uh, Europe. So uh, it's a it's 3DS game, and it's only it's eShop only. It's a little downloadable game. Uh, was it 5 bucks? Yep, 4 dollars Yeah, 4 dollars which is a pretty good deal. 
Uh, I think Nintendo's actually been really killing it uh, when it comes to these small little focused things. We have Stretch Mode that just came out. Um, that's kind of like that free... They say free to start, which is... It sounds a little it's bit like more seven honest, levels, I guess. And then you pay like ten bucks and locks the full game. Yeah, uh, or you can like I, I, I'll have to say I do enjoy that they if you if you want to buy everything, it's not like the max, which would be uh, some like the sounds of like twenty bucks and something like stretch mm-hmm. mode. But if you want to buy everything, they'll be like, oh, here's you know, just pay ten bucks and you got everything. Yeah, I think it is. If you buy each of the packs individually, it comes out to fifteen dollars. But if you buy it as a group, it's ten. Yeah. Um, and and that's ten bucks for like two hundred extra levels. Uh, and name me name me one deal. name me an iPhone or an Android game that does something like that. Which yeah, it's few right. and far between. Yeah, I, I would say you're not getting quite the deal that you'd be getting on that. My my problem with that my problem with Stretch Mo is that it's not Push Mo, <laughs> uh, which was my Snip. same which was my same problem with Crash Mo, um, especially when like all the levels. <laughs> pretty much all the levels in any of those games could be free as long as someone makes it and puts them up as a QR code. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Like those, those games already had infinite levels. Um, yeah. 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 But I definitely wouldn't mind paying like the three ninety nine for the 50 level NES pack that comes with a bunch of, uh, Nintendo nostalgic looking stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah like, think, uh, go ahead. Do you think, uh, they would do some DLC for box boy though? That has been talked about um, yeah. in in one of the interviews that has gone out. Um, the director has said that he would love to be making more stuff for for Box Boy, and that could definitely be a possibility. Uh, but let's it get... seems like they made the platform ready for it too. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Like I, I think after Fire Emblem Awakening showed that hey, we can release downloadable content and it totally works. Um, that that they're jumping on that and and able to do some cool things. Um, so yeah, let's give people a little bit more background on Box Boy. The, uh, this is how laboratory we know from, uh, games like Kirby and, uh, and the mother series and Smash Brothers, all games that we've talked about, uh, okay. as well as Pokemon Snap, like we talked, like we mentioned before too. Um, we, we know them mostly as the Kirby guys. Uh, in fact, they, they just released Kirby and the Rainbow Curse, uh, earlier this year. And then uh, last year we got Triple Deluxe. Um, like they they crank those Kirby games out, and and they're not bad. Like they, I think they do like some pretty innovative stuff with Kirby, as well as giving us kind of these classic, these more classic Kirby games, like uh, like Triple Deluxe was, or yeah. um, Return to Dreamland. I think was the Wii game, correct? Yeah, yeah, the four player one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we definitely know him as the Kirby developer, but. Um, according to the director, and the director is named uh, Yasuhiro Mukae, I'm going to say. Uh, my, my Japanese is not great, but, uh, but that's what it looks like, M-U-K-A-E. Um, this is the first game that he's been a director on. He, he's worked on other games. In fact, he was working on Kirby's Triple Deluxe um, before moving on to Box Boy. But um, Hal kind of had a, a call on all of their staff of, hey, who's who wants to pitch new non Kirby focused games, and and we'll kind of take a take a look at it. So it, it kind of sounds almost like an Amnesia Fortnite double flying kind of deal, where people just were able to pitch their game ideas in a in a pretty safe space and 
you know, whatever kind of stuck to the wall they decided to, to go with. So Box Boy was, was one of these games that uh, I guess uh, Yasuhiro had been um, thinking about for a while and it kind of just had in his head. But this, uh, not really contest, but this event happened and, and that was kind of his um, motivation of like, oh, hey, man, I, I really need to make put this down on paper as a big design document and, and put it out there. But being a first-time director, uh, he wanted to make something pretty simple. Um, so he kind of got his inspiration from old NES and Game Boy games that that are, at least in the Game Boy sense, very monochromatic. And that's, that is where the Box Boy um, uh, aesthetic comes from. Yeah, it's, it's very uh, minimalistic in a lot of respects, so from the monochromatic... Uh, palette to just like the ideas of like all you do the basic thing in box boy is you create boxes at every level you get a set number of boxes you're able to create so you'll be able to create three in this level so you you stretch them out and you can do it in any configuration that's like you start you know in uh, if you're basically on a floor you can start either to the left or the right or above you and then move from there and either create platforms or snake around using like this sort of kind of gripping uh, ability, and then you can like maneuver back to the. It's, it's kind of hard to describe without looking at it. It really it's, is. It's, it's very crazy. It's a really hard podcast game <laughs> in that it is. Yeah. It is not the easiest thing to describe. But if you watched it in action for two seconds, I think you could understand quite a bit of the of the general mechanics and the yeah. basic ways on the game on the way the game works um, it is an interesting concept it reminds me of i don't know if you remember the uh, bit generation games they had for game boy advance a long time ago that was like japan only yeah i only played sound voyager the one that you mm-hmm. that you didn't that didn't actually have any graphics um but mm-hmm. what what were the other ones that uh, someone you're talking totally about? Them out, but they were all very very minimalistic oh like, okay just very yeah like something you would see on the nes or even something before that it was all geez like uh the color pile was like more like 16 colors if that and it's just very very quick and small games that were oddly enough before the uh iphone became a thing and the app store for that mm-hmm. was ever a thing they were doing these little very small quick games uh that do harken back to the old like nes and game boy era yeah absolutely um, the character you play is named QB. We kind of mentioned it before. It's Q B B Y, um, and and he is a square. He he is yep. the shape or of you a can, square. Or it's a girl. We don't we don't know what QB is. Uh, well, at some point you can get you. Well, you open up a shop and you can like wear different attire, and one of them is a ponytail. So it's like, yeah, oh okay, QB's like you know, QB's whatever. That's it's true. Cool. That's true. But you do meet a box girl in the yes. game in like the very limited story they give you and it is called yes. box boy very true very just true. gonna box put that boy. out there um, very true. but yes he he is uh without putting any costumes on it just a square with two eyes and two little legs no arms um he's and he's like a, he's a white box that's all he is um and and you can spawn more boxes from him and and almost turn him kind of into Tetris shapes by, by just kind of snaking out these extra boxes. And then you're able yep. to, 
uh, toss those boxes uh, from your body and then be able to climb Somehow up them. Somehow with no arms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, some sort of Telecon- air... Telekinesis. Tele- Telekinesis. Telekinesis or some sort of air pushing system. Uh, obviously, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, so, generally, like in the... The cool thing about Box Boy is, I think, how it um, teaches you how the game is being played. Mm-hmm. That at the very beginning, eat, there are uh, 17 worlds to begin with. Uh, there are some extra bonus worlds and then some challenge stages after that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the main campaign, there are 17 worlds. And then there's about five or six um, stages in each world. Yeah, about five. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah seven stages. Yeah, I, I know some of them. Like, it fluctuates a little bit on, on yeah. number. Towards the end, you get like eight stages per per world. Yeah, so. you're you're getting up there at the end, and they they you got you got like something like 173 stages or something like that. So <laughs> you're getting a lot for five bucks for, for five bucks. Yeah, I mean, all said and done, you're probably talking about five hours if you're not using a walkthrough. Right. So. Uh, and what's also nice is they do have a hint system that uses play coins that uh, sometimes will straight up just show you the answer. Uh, other times give you a little bit of a hint like, oh, maybe if you try this, it'll work. And yeah. Like, oh, okay. What I've seen, uh, today was actually the first time I ever used the hint system uh, because I was playing one of the bonus worlds, which mm-hmm. is hella hard. Um, yeah. well, a hell of a lot harder than the uh, than the main story is. I think that's one of the big knocks you can give a, give this game is that it's a little yeah. too easy. Well, I mean, the main story, like, every level you go to has something unique to it. So the first few batches are just like, oh, this is how you create blocks. This is how you make them into stairs. This is how you use the clinging ability and how you uh, move between small spaces so you can, you know, snake through Mm -hmm. and get clear of this area. And now we're going to throw in obstacles like laser beams or now we got uh, gravity wells where if you're caught in this well with boxes, the boxes float up. And then you get to the challenge levels, and it's like an like it just uses all of these together. Uh, so it's like take what you know now and use it later uh, for the harder part. And it, it's just kind of a little bit of a shame that the harder part of the game is like the shorter part, right? Uh, at least for me, which is why I think you know this would lend some like DLC down the road would be a welcome addition. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think what's also pretty cool is that this is how binary the game is. Um, mm. It's very similar to, uh, we've already kind of talked about Pushmo, but it is very similar to that in that, that your character can jump one unit high. Uh, you're, barring, barring a special ability. <laughs> barring one stuff. special ability that we will discuss uh, a little <laughs> bit later. But generally, your character can only jump one unit high and everything, I mean, it's not it's not a pixelated game. It's a, it's a very line art game, but it's still, imagine. You can tell he only jumps one square Right, it's it's definitely a game that's made up of square kind of tiles, and and so yeah, you can only jump one square high. Uh, so when you get to um, so like in the first level, the first thing you face is is a one square high wall, and you can just jump right over it. But then you face a two square high hall, uh, two square high wall. <laughs> Say um, that five times fast. Yeah. So then you uh, then you can use your ability to create a box. And toss that box and use it as a staircase to get up the wall like that. So, uh, so that the, like that is what you do in the very first level, and then they go on to teach you, hey, you can make bigger staircases because you can you are able to spawn multiple boxes in a stage 
as long as they're all part of one unit. Um, so I could I could make something that's two blocks wide and then add an extra block. <laughs> it's it's tough to explain, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can only like once you create a block and then you want to create some more, the other ones disappear. So that also adds to a bit of, you know, the challenge of the game. Like, mm-hmm. oh, if I, you know, if I'm standing over these spikes, but I need to, like, to make a staircase at the end for me to jump up of, uh, if I'm standing over just a, you know, flat platform of boxes I created, they'll all disappear and I die immediately. So, you know, it's, some of it, you got, it takes a little bit of, like, muscle memory just to, like, okay, if I make it a shape like this... I can block the lasers as I pass through here, and then I have enough space to jump up and get over this like small hurdle. So you know, it, it it's kind of interesting how it seems very very easy at the beginning, and then later on you're just like, well, wait, what? What do I do here now? Holy crap! Right now I have things that I'm sticking to walls. I have to worry about these little spiky dudes that are walking around that I also have to crap trap in a cage to <laughs> open up the door i got blocks that disappear i got those like donut blocks from mario that disappear when i walk on them for too long Mm -hmm. uh the list just keeps going on and and like i said once you get to the bonus you know new game plus or bonus levels it kind of puts all that together and uh, it becomes a much bigger challenge and and each of these mechanics will will show up one at a time throughout the throughout the world like your each world will have its own mechanic that you're learning about and and sometimes those mechanics will stack and uh usually like in the first level of any world you're not really doing anything too complicated other than just learning what the new mechanic is mm-hmm. um so in in one world it's it's somewhat later probably something like 12 uh don't quote me on that um <laughs> but like you can you'll have these portals that will, you know, when you jump down through one, you'll come out through the other side, um, which is uh, uh, like a game that is pretty similar to Vox Boy. Um, <laughs> but uh, so y- the first level will just be you, you know, jumping through these pits that will then send you through a portal that sends you through the ceiling to, to come down on the other side. And it, yeah. that's all it is. Like, there is no way to screw up that puzzle. Um, but then the second one, you know, okay, now apply that knowledge in this slightly new way. And then the third stage is okay. Now, now that you're starting to get it, now we're going to be layering in some of the other challenges, uh, other mechanics here. Like now, now there's going to be these laser beams that you have to make sure you build a shield around yourself to, uh, avoid, uh, while also dealing with the portals. Um, and just the way they teach you how to use each mechanic. I think that's what makes the game kind of what we say is too easy because they just do such a great job of teaching you. Yeah. It's very gradual. It's, it's fantastic. And and you're, you're getting that throughout each world. It, it's just, it, you'll get that kind of uh breather almost once you, because when you're finishing the, the seventh or eighth uh, stage of, of one of the, uh, previous worlds like that's going to be a rougher experience than the first stage of Mm -hmm. the new world because that one's going to say okay hey we're just we're just giving you this little tutorial almost Um, and we haven't even mentioned there's an extra challenge in trying to get the crowns in each stage uh sometimes it's one or most of the time it's one sometimes you have to get two Mm -hmm. 
but the the added thing is you have a set number of boxes you can create. Uh, it'll say like boxes remaining uh, twenty. Uh, the more boxes you use, the more you know, the nut, the counter goes down. You uh, run out of uses of uh, that counter, the crown disappears. Uh, and so far, what I've been playing of the game, the crowns are just like for perfect scores to get extra are they little bits or yeah uh, it's your it's your monetary system that allows you to go in and buy music or costumes or extra challenge stages or, or uh, some other little things like that um, yeah. but yeah like you uh, I, I didn't find the crowns to be that difficult to get in any one stage uh, no. maybe it's just because I felt like I got this game but uh, uh, anyway. but you also have a you know a, you don't have to worry about lives, which is a godsend in mm-hmm. a game like this. And B, you have a very quick uh, uh, reload checkpoint system just by pressing in and holding the L and R buttons at the same time. My Yeah, and I, my one issue with the, the checkpoint system is that uh, it will checkpoint you at each kind of part of the stage. Like the, the stage, even the stages, they're very small, but they are very segmented as well. Where it's mm-hmm. like now you finish this puzzle, and then you'll walk a few squares, and now you're on to the new puzzle. So yeah. uh, when you're checkpointed like that, you will be checkpointed back to the the newest puzzle you got to, and you will be put there with the amount of squares you had when you got there, or the amount of boxes mm-hmm. you had when you got there. So if you've already wasted a bunch of boxes that you didn't need to waste in some of the earlier parts you are probably screwed on getting the crown and you but should you just can always just go to the start menu and just restart the entire stage. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's a and little inelegant, but at the same time, I feel like it made me want to play as efficiently as possible. Yeah. There was never a situation where I wanted to play the same stage twice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it made me care pretty deeply uh, about, making sure that I am doing that I'm using the least amount of boxes possible. Yeah. Uh, and for, I, I, for anyone I was possible. the same and like, Oh, I'm not going to finish. I'm not going to finish this level until I get all the crowns. Even that means I have to start over or keep trying and retrying over again. I'm going to figure this out for sure. So <laughs> you completed right there. You completed the campaign, right? The, the yes. original 17 worlds. Yep. Uh, were you able to collect all the crowns? Uh, all the crowns up to level, what is it? I'm on level 19, so. Okay. So, yeah, I, I got every single crown, um, I, I think, uh, on the first try, except maybe one, one or two stages. Uh, well, once I the, learned, like, oh, the crowns disappear after, because it doesn't straight up tell you, oh, the crowns disappear after you use X amount of boxes. It, you just have to learn that for yourself. Like, oh, why did that crown disappear? Oh, it's because because of this. Are you sure? I thought, I, they were, I thought they were marked at the bottom. Uh, it's marked at the bottom. I just wasn't paying attention. Oh, yeah, okay. I'll no. be honest. Yeah, I'll, I'll give uh, you that. I, I don't think I paid attention until one went away, and I went, wait, what? And then I looked down, and I went, oh, because I've used too many. Okay, now I understand. And then I just reset and was able to quickly do it. But, um, yeah, so those first 17 worlds, I, th- I think there are some pretty tricky puzzles in there. I'm not going to say it's ridiculously easy, but... Um, but there are, I would say that, you know, for the majority of the game, you're probably cruising through. Uh, there were only a few that, that kind of got me and, and had me sitting there for a while. I, I do f- at least feel good enough that I never had to go to a guide for anything. 
Um, so it's not going to be that hard where you're going to have to look something up, but uh, no, it's not like uh, let's see. I'd put it just a step below like braid or limbo mm-hmm. in terms of difficulty, at least for the initial uh, playthrough. Yeah, I think the uh, I read a Kotaku review that that had a good phrase that I really liked. Of it's more brain teaser than brain torture. Mm-hmm. Like you're everything is is just like oh hey that's a clever way of looking at it. I didn't think of it that way before instead of, you know, Oh my God, this is so hard. How the, how the <laughs> hell am I supposed to do this? Uh, that I, I never got that feeling. And I think yeah, that's just least, because it's really levels like getting the crowns can be another matter too sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're not going for the crowns and just want to get through the game, you can use an unlimited amount of boxes. And even, and once you get the crowns, like I, I was able to kind of game the system a couple times where, you know, I use I go as efficiently as possible to get some of the crowns, and I'll even kind of um, not complete the level in the way they want me to, because I'm I'm going to go for the crown first in kind of a cheatery way, um, and then after I have the crowns, and I'm like, okay, now I can use as many boxes as I want, and now I can kind of cakewalk through the rest of this level. Yeah. Um, and I, they do allow you to to kind of cheat a little bit because when you spawn boxes from your body, if you bring them back in without actually setting them down, they don't count. Yeah, it doesn't count against you. So. so so there are some mechanics where you can actually, when you're making boxes from you, if they start to like hit a wall you the character will be pushed you will you'll still be able to make your boxes but then it will push your character out and and you can play with that a little bit to you know grab a crown and then let yourself and then like bring yourself back over and and act like you never used those boxes at all so you get to keep your box total and yet still kind of progress in the level um, and those, like, those are kind of few and far between, but any time that I could find that, I felt extra smart that I was almost gaming the system by, by just kind of going off and, and deviating from what they were looking for me to do. Um, which is just cool. I, I, I thought that was a, a neat little touch. I, I think all those mm-hmm. levels, are, levels are super well designed uh, in the way that can teach like an absolute layman how to play this game as well as you know somebody like you or me who's playing, playing games their entire life. <laughs> um, very so true definitely neat um, let me look through some of my notes here because I was uh, looking through a lot of the interviews that were done with the director and he had some some kind of interesting things to say um, you know like when uh, like somebody mentioned if multiplayer was considered and his response to that was that you know it was something that they kind of talked about briefly but it, this this game was all about being simple and to add multiplayer to something like that, especially for a game that ended up on 3DS. Now, maybe if it was on Wii U, I could see uh, multiplayer being making more sense. But for 3DS, I think this single player idea was solid. But if they do get to make another Box Boy, uh, since I doubt you could patch it in easily, like on a DLC kind of way, um, that that would be something they'd consider. And it got me thinking about how that would even work and which then got me to think about the game that reminds me the most of box boy and that's portal which, yeah which i was we gonna kind say of portal too 
It would probably work something like that. Yeah, for sure. Like, I could see, like, myself making a staircase and then, you know, the other box boy uh, character making a, another staircase that goes on top of my staircase to, to double it. Or, you know, I hook on to something, I make a bridge, and then they can jump off the bridge to hook on to a, 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 a cliff, and then they can go hit a switch or something to get my character up there. Uh, which which gets me really excited because that sounds really awesome. And the best co-op experience I've ever had was playing uh, was playing Portal Two with somebody who I would say is was in my in my league or I was in their league rather of intelligence. Where it's like we could share ideas, and it wasn't just one of us pulling the other one along it was that oh hey do you think that what do you well, let's try this and they're like ah no i don't know if that'll work but hey we can take we can modify your idea a little bit and what if we tried this instead and oh shit that totally works hey we got to the end uh, that like that was just such an amazing experience to to be able to play a game like that uh with with another person yeah shame uh, i never got to try that oh it's it is incredibly good uh, the game's still around. I'll find find a way to play that. Yeah, I, I know you can play it online, but uh, if you can play it with somebody locally, it just makes mm. it makes all the difference in the world. Uh, but I would definitely, if if you have the capability of doing that, you absolutely. Yeah, I only got on PC, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but e- even more than just the the co op stuff, so many of the mechanics and ideas in Box Boy remind me of portal and it, it's not that you know box boy ripped off portal it's just that these are because i'm sure there are games even way before portal that that use similar mechanics and things like that but um just the way it's kind of presented and, and some of the specific mechanics just make you think of portal because like we mentioned before there is uh, a whole world that's dedicated to using these kind of portal um these pre uh pre-established portals you're not making portals but um you're using the portals to get through um there are also areas that have um the um the tractor beam kind of things that you definitely get in portal 2 of uh you know you jump into those tractor beams and then it's pushing you through and and you have to originally you're just kind of find a way to get into those tractor beams to get you to the other side. But as you continue through the stages, it gets to the point where, well, now that you're in the tractor beam, now you have to, you know, work on some other puzzle elements to get you into a different tractor beam or to get you out of the tractor beam in, in a way that can get you yeah. to the other side. And um, realizing it can actually move with the blocks. Like you can actually control where to go and mm-hmm. everything while in it. Yeah, and, and things that let you stick to other things. Um, mm. Just, it's it's very and like we mentioned with the binary thing, like where Portal was incredibly binary. There were very very few moments where you could really finesse your way through something in Portal, um, and, especially the first one. Yeah, definitely the first one. The second one, I think they gave you a little bit more leeway, mm. um, and and that came with adding in some extra mechanics all at the same time, where you could kind of game some of the systems but um but yeah definitely in the first one where if you weren't doing things the way they kind of wanted you to do them then you just weren't getting through that level yeah 
I really like Box Boy. <laughs> I do too. It, especially for like five bucks, it's extremely cheap, mm-hmm. uh, and you get pretty much you get plenty of game for that five bucks. It's it's not like oh you're done you're one and done after an hour. It, it's something you can actually stick with for a couple hours and feel like well I felt I actually you know was kind of challenged on that and uh, had a good time. Definitely. Like I, I think if you are uh, if you are considering buying Stretchmo <laughs> or, or buying the pack level pack for Stretchmo and you haven't played Box Boy yet, save five dollars and go play Box Boy first. Yeah, but yeah, but play Box Boy first and then go back to Stretchmo. Yeah, I I, I have yet to really dig into Stretchmo. I, I've watched some people play it, um, and it looks like. It looks like a fine game, but it's again, it's not Pushmo, so it's not quite the game that I'm looking for. But, um, but yeah, Box Boy is it's so it it's just so well made. I go back to that idea of the uh, uh, of just the teaching and the education of the way they they put the levels in. The levels are so well designed. The dogs agree; like they're great. It's great level design. Yeah, the dogs agree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so another thing that we haven't really touched on yet is the the costumes that you can get in this game. When you go through a level and collect those crowns and get the like the monetary units, like the the bit kind of stuff um, from from each of those levels, you're then able to go to like a little shop uh, and and spend it on things. And and of the things you can buy, you can buy. Um, I, I haven't really bought anything but the costumes and the challenge levels mm-hmm. uh, because I think one is just kind of like extra tutorial stuff which I guess I haven't really felt like I needed. Uh, yeah. But, uh, it's just other ways of teaching the game that, you know, at, at least that's a cool thing uh, to toss in there for people who are having trouble. And then um, there's music, too. I don't know how the music works, whether it's just, like, a sound test that you can listen to or whether you can make sure that specific music is played in the stages. I'm not quite sure. Uh, I think it's just sound tests from okay. what I right. tried. That, that makes some sense, I guess. Um but yeah, the, I haven't actually really played many of the challenge levels either. Uh, they come in two varieties. One is the is a time trial to get through, obviously, as quick as you can. And the other one, I think, is using the least amount of boxes you can, where it just counts the number of boxes you used. Um, so both of those seem interesting for uh, you know bragging rights if you're going to do that. Uh, I'm not sure. If, I don't believe there's any sort of... Uh, leaderboard system on any of that stuff i think that's just kind of for your own personal um edification mm-hmm. uh but the costumes are pretty great like box boy yeah. is this really simple square character and he can get some pretty ridiculous costumes uh, the first one that you can get turns him into a quote-unquote rapper is the name of the costume and it's just, just come... uh, was headphones and a uh... Oh no! Uh, it's a backwards, backwards hat, hat and sunglasses. Sunglasses. <laughs> and it, yeah, it's just that. I thought there might have been a chain that went with it, but no, it is just the sunglasses. But yeah. um, the great thing about QB and then as well as the costumes is the the amount of animation they just little thoughtful animations they made to just make a character that's a cube or a square so lively. Like yeah, as you like, as you walk in the in the wrapper outfit, your glasses will will kind of bounce up and down. Uh, the little legs have so much animation in the way they they just kind of 
move and the way you strut more than you just walk. It's it's awesome. I, yeah, they do, they don't like the legs when you're like being picked up by a crane or something. They wobble back and forth, they mm-hmm. wave back and forth, and sway. It's or like when you're the the devil costume, he'll sometimes like show like a skull on his face for just standing still for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, lo- lots of idle animations, lots of uh, just little animations going on whenever uh, something is is you know making you do something. So your legs actually will push you up a little higher than the ground. So you're never. Well, not never, but you're not when you're just regular standing. You're you're not quite level with the ground, uh, but then when you are in certain situations where you need to like tightly go through, um, a, you know, a cavern or something like that to to like snake your way through onto another onto the other side, uh, your character will kind of squish down into uh, becoming level with the ground, being only one yeah. unit high, where you can where you can squeeze through some of those stuff. And then you'll need that to get through obstacles too. Like there'll yeah. be times where you're like, oh, I pressed, I didn't duck in time, and this this like laser beam thing or this uh, movable bar that will hurt you will got me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think my favorite one you touched on it a little bit when you were being picked up, uh, but it also happens when you do any of the hooking. It's just like when you when you make uh, your character into like an inverted L, so you're able to kind of hook onto. Um, to higher platforms and then are able to kind of squeeze yourself back up uh, and then you'll just go up the platform automatically. Uh, your character, once you once you jump and actually hook on something, you're just he's just waving his little legs. Yeah, and, no, like, it's sweet. It kind of reminds do. me of, uh, uh, what was the game? Uh, Loco Roco? Yeah, how so? Uh, uh, in the fact that it's a 2D game, but it uses kind of like... It doesn't use sprites in the same way an original 2D game would use it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the way things animate, there's a lot more flow to the character itself. Yeah, especially, okay. Especially yeah. with the legs. So it's definitely something that's being more along the lines of using polygons and things like that instead of using you know, hand-drawn sprites or something like that. Yeah, definitely. I could see that. Uh, just uh, my like The best thing is when whenever you've done a hooking something or... or made yourself into kind of like a bridge and, and didn't quite make it to where you want to go. And you're just hanging out. It, yeah. It's just, he's got this expressionless face and just the swaying legs. And I just imagine him going, well, shit, <laughs> didn't quite make it. And yeah. it's, oh, it's just fucking great. I, I love it. Um, we're, we were talking about the costumes though. Um, so there are three costumes uh, the last three that you get in the game, and costumes don't un- you unlock new costumes from treasure chests that you'll find uh, in the overworld as you're going between the different worlds. There will be different treasure chests, usually like around two for each two or three worlds that you go through. You'll find a treasure chest or two uh, that will open up new music and and uh, costume and, and challenge stages. Um, so the last three that open up to you in the game are ones that will actually change some of your abilities. And we'll get to those in a second, but uh, the first handful are ones that are just purely for cosmetics. Um, yeah. So is there is there any one that you liked the best out of those? Uh, for the cos- cosmetic ones? Yeah. Or the, uh, the cosmetic ones, I'd say the devil one's really awesome, but so is the, the rapper one. Mm-hmm. I, I think my favorite ended up being uh, the knight. 
yeah, you just had this too. like knight helmet, and it had this big feather on the top of it. So as you were running around, uh, just that feather ribbon thing would would flow, and uh, and I thought that was pretty cute. Uh, but yeah, like we mentioned, there's also a ponytail. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other ones now, and I'm blanking a little bit. Um, but the three that the three that you get at the end actually can really change things. Like we mentioned. Uh, at near the beginning of this, uh, that you can in in each stage you are given a to- a maximum amount of boxes you can create at a, at once, uh, and that's different from the the thing with the crown where that's the amount of boxes that you can make total before those crowns go away. But uh, when you're actually building out a staircase or a bridge off yourself. Uh, there's a maximum in the amount of blocks that you can go. And that changes from level to level. Like one level, you can only make three blocks out of you at once. or uh, But then it can go up, and, and I've been able to use up to eight. Seven, yeah. seven or eight, yeah. Um, and uh, But there are, there are certain... There's one costume, the wizard costume, uh, that's really just big long hair and a, a big beard. Kind of will... more like uh, Einstein, but <laughs> really, I, I thought it was more like a uh, like almost like a Gandalf. Oh yeah, yeah, it could be Gandalf too. I don't yeah. know. The, the mustache made me think, and the hair made me think Einstein. Okay, uh, being a, being kind of a wizard of himself in <laughs> uh, the ways of physics. But yeah, 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 I could see Gandalf as well. So that that one allows you to add an extra box to your to your maximum um, allotment. Uh, which, if you're going for crowns, probably isn't going to help you. Uh, but if you're just trying to get through the levels, it's definitely uh, definitely a big help. Uh, then there's also the ninja suit, which yeah. is badass. <laughs> and it makes it just run faster, but it's really cool. Right, and, and a, a nice honestly... Little, like a, like a oh, what is it, like an extra uh, sort of fade character behind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you have like a little shadow. But uh, honestly, that doesn't help you all that much. Speed no. speed is really kind of pointless in Box Boy. Uh, I suppose that's a that might be a moment where you can finesse a little bit, where maybe you can make like a one and a half, uh, one and a half unit long jump instead of just like the one unit jump you could usually make. Um, and then there's uh, the final costume is the bunny costume, which. Just gives you two little bunny ears, and uh, that will let you jump an extra unit high. Yeah. And and I could see how that could get a little game breaky. Uh, it does, you... but I mean that's why it's the last thing you kind of unlock. Exactly, and you know maybe, and you don't and... need to use any of those for any of the levels. Like if you were going through the uh, the challenge levels uh, that you get after you finish kind of the main story. You still don't ever need to use any of those costumes, but that might be a situation where, like, ah, oh, you know what? I I might need to try the bunny costume for for this level because I it's getting a little ridiculous mm-hmm. to get the crowns. Yeah, I, I found that using the bunny costume too. Like, there are some jumps where it it's detrimental. Like, you just can't pass it. Right. Yeah. Because uh, especially like if you hit a wall during your jump, you just lose all your momentum and fall. And you can't, yeah, yeah, you can't really finesse your way into, like, moving as you fall to to get down. Um, I'm trying to think of a a situation that that speaks to that. Um, Like, if you, 
if you have to land on a uh, on a surface, but there's a little ceiling to it, uh, if you hit the ceiling before landing on the floor, you're just going to fall right down and lose your momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've ran into challenge stages where I'm trying to get through a jump, and I'm like, oh, I can't make it because I keep hitting the wall. It's like, you can't, like, it's not like in Mario where if you just tap the button, you just jump a little bit. This is like... It's either you jump all the way or you don't jump at all. Right, yeah. It's not a Mario. It's not a Commander video. It's, it's a like like we mentioned before, it is very binary in the way mm-hmm. that it, it allows you to use the controls and the mechanics. Yeah. Uh, Things are set in a certain way. This is how it works. Mm-hmm. Which, which I think is good. Because, <laughs> Try and break it. <laughs> yeah, because it, it is more of a challenge there of, you know, this game is really hard to break because it's so well designed. We're not going to let you just fudge things. Uh, you're going to have to prove that you know what you're doing to get through these levels. So that is it's pretty appreciated. Um, have you? Did you play any of the the challenge stages, like the the um, not the ones after the main campaign, but the ones that you no, can buy? Yeah, no, I haven't played any of those yet. Uh, I usually save those for like the last last thing once I'm done with the entire game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I'm similar. I, I played one just to see how different it was, and what's what's interesting is that they flip the uh, the color scheme. Instead oh yeah, of playing yeah. on a white background, you're playing on a back, black background. Oh neat. Uh, which you know doesn't really change anything mechanically, but it does definitely give those stages a different feel than the regular stages. And it, it makes mm-hmm. you, it puts you in a different mindset when you're, when you're playing those that, uh, you can almost think of it, turn your brain into another thing of like, Oh, okay, this is the challenge stage. I can tell cause it's black. And now I'm, I'm thinking, thinking like a challenge stage instead of like a, a regular stage. That's just the white that you can kind of take your time on and, and experiment around. Like when you're playing those challenge stages, you need to know what you're doing and you need to know it fast, or you need to know it very efficiently. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. I think I'm out of uh, things on my notes. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's a pretty straightforward game. There's, uh, I think we pretty much talked about all there is to be talked about, uh, aside from like the story, which I. I don't really want to spoil, even though there's not much of a story. Uh, but it has. There's a nice little surprise beating the game, uh, at least the first playthrough. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 very sparse in the way the story is told, but uh, there is kind of some corruption that's that's keeping yeah. you from being whole with the world or making the world correct. Or yeah, like we're. <laughs> it, it reminds me a lot of Fez. Uh, I don't know if you okay. beat Fez all the way through. Not even close. <laughs> I mean, there's Fez has a lot more to chew on uh, mm-hmm. as far as like looking at stuff that goes on in the background and building a narrative and all that with uh, building a world and everything. But yeah, it's it's very very straightforward. You run to a box girl. You run to a rectangle box guy, I guess, or something. And uh, then they they do things. Yeah, I mean this isn't uh, this isn't uh, uh, oh geez, what's the other game where you're playing as boxes? Stanley? No, not Stanley Parable. Um, the Mike Bithell game. Oh 
I was gonna I was gonna say Boxel Boxel for the game. <laughs> um, uh, Stanley was alone. Okay. Thomas was alone. Thomas, Thomas was, was alone. alone. There is it. Yeah. Okay. I have not played that, but uh, it is. It's very good. It does remind me a little bit of Box Boy, just in the way that you're playing this very kind of shape character. Uh, Thomas was alone is a little bit more abstract and definitely heavier on the story. Uh, if you like Vox Boy, you should probably go and check out Thomas was alone. And one of the cool things hmm. is that game is on everything. Oh, I will um, have to check that out. You could play it on, on Vita or PC or I know that it's on PS3 and I'm pretty sure it's on Xbox 360 and I would be surprised. And I, I know it's on PS4. And it might be on Xbox One. I know it's at least on Sony platforms. A ton of Sony platforms and um, and PC for sure. Uh, but that is that is a cool game where you're meeting other shapes. Like you you are this little square, but then you'll meet you know a bigger square, or you'll meet a, a rectangle, a, a tall line rectangle kind of thing, and. And even though you you don't really have that much of a, a click with you in a in Box Boy, you do meet Box Girl, and then you do meet another guy who's like a, a slightly more elongated box. Yeah. Uh, so th- there are other characters that kind of follow you around and, and do some stuff, and and the light light story elements that they have are uh, at least enjoyable yeah. and, and don't get in the way of the experience. So you know what the game reminds me of? Do you ever play? Uh... The Company of Myself, back on Congregate. No. Uh, it's it's a very, pretty basic kind of puzzle game along like this, where you create clones of yourself to get through hmm. uh, certain puzzles. And it has a nice twist on it, too. Uh, you can find it at congregate.com. I'm pretty sure it's still up there. Uh, it's been around since 2009, so definitely check that game out, too. What was it called? Uh, the Company of Myself. Okay. I will... Write that down to put in the show notes uh, so we can get the link there for people. I'm pretty sure that's uh, what it is. Yeah, yeah, the company of myself is it. All Great right. soundtrack in that game, too. Very cool. Well, I might have to try that uh, once we're done with this podcast. Yeah, I'll send you a link. That would be perfect. Um, all right, well, uh, yeah, I mean, for, for a game that's relatively short, I didn't expect this to be a long episode, and I, I think having our E3 talk helped us to, to really stretch this one out um but yeah i mean we are we give this game our our full uh full recommendation like it's for uh, for five bucks you can't do i know and we say for five bucks and and honestly that's it's kind of a uh i I don't mean to put it down like that it's almost like when you're saying Uh, you know, it's it's good for a for a, it's it's a good looking game for a Wii game or something like that. Yeah. Where you know that that's not the case. It's this game is awesome. I would have paid many more dollars than this, but holy shit, it's only five dollars. Mm-hmm. That is such a like that. It's insane how yeah. how great of a value that is. So so I, definitely I think go after. I we both can it. agree the the one shortcoming is like the the challenge of it. It takes a while for it to get going and. When it gets there, it's kind of like, okay, then we get five extra levels. I kind of would expect just a little bit more, but for, you know, for five bucks, one, yeah. it's not much to complain about. Just to clarify, five extra worlds, not just five yes. extra levels. Oh, yeah, five extra worlds. With yeah, like you're, you're getting... That's like 
40 stages, which is a good, good size, but, I mean, you've been through about 100 stages before that. Right. Uh, and change, so. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'd say uh, I would expect DLC to come out, and I would say this is like a harbinger of what Nintendo might do on mobile platforms uh, in the next coming two years or so. For as sure. As they start to roll those up. Like that, that is, that might be the most prescient thing uh, that's been said in this whole uh, podcast so far. Well, don't, don't you think this would be like the perfect kind of like uh, bridge between a DS or like a handheld game with to a mobile game? Mm-hmm. Like this is the I mean, exact kind of stuff. I'm not saying I don't. I don't think we're saying that we want to see Box Boy on iOS. No, 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 no. But I mean, like uh, games of that mentality, right? right. Like just seeing that. Hey, this is a new intellectual property. It's not Mario. It's not Kirby. It's not Pikachu. But it's it is quintessentially Nintendo, and it's also just in the way that it is really clever and it is really thoughtful, and it it knows exactly what it is, and it doesn't try to be anything more than that. And it's, it's got that certain something that makes a Nintendo game Nintendo. Definitely. It, it's got the charm, but it also has the the uh, warmth and care put into it that that you just get from Nintendo games. And, and the fact that it's, like, easy to pick up and play and just gradually, you know, eases you in, I just it makes me think, like, this is what their game plan is going to be going forward for, like, mobile games and things like that. At least I hope. I hope it's as Mm -hmm. high quality as a game or the games that they're going to make with DNA down the road is going to be something along the lines of, like, Box Boy. I'm I'm right there with you. And and the same goes for HAL Laboratories. I I know Mm -hmm. that they are still open to to making non-Kirby games. And not that I have anything against Kirby because I thought Triple Deluxe was a really solid game when it came out. Um, but you know, if they want to continue innovating with other characters and, and are allowing their developers to their development teams to, to go out and try these new ideas, if, if they're making more things like box boy, bring them on. This is fantastic. I, Cause I know that that studio has had, uh, I wouldn't say issues, but at least they've found ways to take good ideas and put Kirby into them. Mm-hmm where we have things like Epic Yarn was not originally a Kirby game. Um, I just I'm just playing one of those uh one of those interesting Kirby games recently on the virtual console, uh, Kirby's Dream Course. Yeah, dream remind me what Dream Course is. It's like Kirby Mini Golf. Okay. Basically. Yes. Uh, you, uh, Super Nintendo? Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, a friend of mine saw that like we were browsing, I was I brought it over uh my Wii U over to play some Mario Kart and some Smash Brothers and we're browsing the virtual console. It's like, oh, it's got Dream, Kirby Dream Course. You gotta get that. I'm like, uh, yeah, I never played it, so I'll try it out. And it, it's really good. It's 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 challenging because it's not. You tell you go into it thinking like, oh, this is just like mini golf. Well, not exactly because mm-hmm. you got basically you have to defeat enemies on the stage, and the last enemy you leave basically makes a portal for you to go into basically the hole to get to the next course. Mm-hmm. And you only have a set number of you know swings before Kirby gets hungry and famished and then basically <laughs> dies. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, that's like an like an eight dollar game now on the Virtual Console. Can't, I cannot recommend it enough. Now I'm going to ask a silly question, and I'm going to um, tell you why it it isn't so silly in my head. 
Uh, <laughs> okay, shoot. Is there a is there a time limit on anything in Dream Course, or is it just the stroke limit? Just the stroke limit. Okay. Um, when I played it, there was a time limit because mm. the only time I've ever played Kirby's Dream Course is on a hotel television. Oh, that would do so it. Would so you'd pay for chunks of time. And so I only minutes of <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I only remember like, oh, man, I have I have 10 minutes to play Kirby's dream course and like getting really frustrated because I couldn't sit down and think it through because I just had to keep playing it now because I only have these 10 minutes before 10, 10 more minutes before it, my time expires. <laughs> yeah, um, it it's definitely one of those. It thankfully doesn't have a time limit in the actual game. Yeah, uh, uh, like like actual golf, you need to you take your time with your shots. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I mean, you also get you know if you hit a certain enemy, you get a power up. So if you have the one of the jump guys, you can use a jump right after hitting them, and you know knock your ball even further. And then you get trick shots and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, developed by Hal uh, Laboratories, they're just you know just absolutely weird definitely doing I mean, they, the weirdest things they have done some really cool innovative things with kirby when you when you think about something like dream course when you think about something like uh you know the, the kirby Brothers. the kirby pinball game was pretty good um uh tilt and tumble for sure for the game boy color yep was was pretty innovative with the accelerometer for its time uh, and that's that is a hard game to play now uh because it's you know because you don't have it, that's not something that works on the emulators. Um, same goes for something like Yoshi's Topsy Turvy or things like those. Like, you know, Topsy Turvy you could probably skip because that game kind of sucks. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, like nobody's playing Tilt and Tumble out there because unless you have a copy of the game and a and a Game Boy to run it in, uh, it, it's hell. You need the original Game Boy because it doesn't work on the uh, was it the SP because uh, it's upside down. Is that true? Yeah. Does that one not work? Upside down? Uh, no, I'm trying to think. Yeah, one of them... Because uh, I know, like, WarioWare Twisted totally works on a Game did, Boy Advance it SP. Did, because it came out later uh, with the SP, when the SP was well and out for a while. Uh, but yeah, Kirby's Tilt and Tumble came out on the Game Boy Advance, right? And that was before the SP. And Tilt and Tumble SP came out for the color, but yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, but still, like, you couldn't play it on... Uh, I guess you're right. Upside down, because because when you calibrate. turn on WarioWare Twisted, it calibrates it when you turn it on or as yeah, it's they, booting up. And they didn't, and they didn't really future proof that one. No, certainly not. Um, but I guess they also didn't expect it to <laughs> to need they, to future proof it. They can put it on 3DS Virtual Console or Wii U Virtual Console because they both have accelerometers in them. It would they, work perfectly fine. They could. They'd have to. I would imagine they would have to. Uh, finagle it a little bit yeah um, a re-release yeah like for sure not, not a uh, you know more like along the sega uh re-releases they've been doing mm-hmm. and you know which, a, a new tilt and tumble would actually be a pretty cool game um yeah. we, we've gotten two of these um the the shit now now i can't remember all my kirby games uh rainbow the, uh, curse rainbow curse and the uh Triple Deluxe. Yeah, well, uh, what was the the prequel to uh, Rainbow Curse? Um, uh, uh, Canvas Curse. Or yeah, Canvas, Canvas Curse. Curse. There yeah. you go. Canvas Curse and Rainbow Curse. Uh, we've had those two drawing. You know, mm-hmm. Kirby, Kirby on the ball, Kirby as a ball, and you're drawing the the rainbow uh, roads for him. Um, t- 
Tilt and Tumble is a really cool game, and it uh, kind of deserves a sequel. I would I would love to see another Tilt and yeah. Tumble. I've seen I've seen that around. I, I should pick that game up just because it's such a such a, such an oddity, kind of like a Bodokai for the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the light for powering up your weapons and stuff like this. Actual sunlight. Yes, but I, uh, yeah. I, I believe you meant Baktai. Budokai is a Dragon Ball Z game. Yeah, I actually recently bought uh, Baktai because I, oh, yeah. especially when it comes to those games that you can't play. As well on emulators. Now, I think somebody's actually like gone into Boktai and Boktai 2 and and made it so you have infinite light all the time. Um, so <laughs> you, it is, but you know, if if it's the only way you can play that game, then I guess I'm okay with it. But uh, yeah. yeah, when it comes to those kinds of games, those are the ones that I want to collect the most. So I have a copy of Yoshi's Topsy Turvy for no reason. I have a copy of uh, Tilt and Tumble. I have a copy of Boktai. Uh, I have a copy of Warrior or Twisted. Like those are, those are games that uh, you know need that extra hardware in the cartridge that you're just not going to get, be able to play on any other kind of uh, emulated system or virtual console or anything like that. Um, so those are just those are games that I just naturally want to own because those are the only ways of playing those games. Yeah. Yeah. And Wario, where Wario, where Twisted has been mentioned previously, that is the best WarioWare game, hands down. I, I really need to get, get that one because I played. I have the GameCube one, and I played the hell out of that with friends. And they're always everybody who's seen that game is like, "What the hell is this crap?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, it was like WarioWare Touch just came out for on the Virtual Console, and mm-hmm. you can find that game easily for even cheaper than uh, what you pay for it on the Wii U. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you been playing anything else uh, recently? Um, I, like I said, I've been playing a lot of uh, MLB uh, the show, uh, the new one, because mm-hmm. it was only twenty bucks, uh, which was a really good deal. Uh, and I bought it for yeah. Vita. Uh, have really been enjoying it there, and uh, I it's one of those games that I can play on my PlayStation TV as well, <laughs> <laughs> which which is a phrase not mentioned by many people, um, but I happen to like my PlayStation TV. Uh, and it's nice when I when games support that, even though that game is not in the store for the PlayStation TV. Like the the older versions are, but that one is yeah. not. So you have to Which transfer is it. Odd because go ahead. There you go. You go. Okay. Well, I mean, well, the... it's odd because uh... <laughs> I'm just gonna say it's odd because the retail release for it is just a download code. There's no physical copy of the game. Yeah, that that is really weird. Uh, and it's been such a long time since I've actually played a baseball game. I, I believe the last baseball game I played was MVP Baseball 2007. Uh, it might have it might have not even been 2007. It might have been 2005. I don't know. It was the one with Albert Pujols on it. It was back when EA made <laughs> MLB baseball games, yeah, mm, which was, which was a while ago. Um, yeah, when Albert Pujols was still a Cardinal. Anyway, um, uh, did you have any time to play the uh, Splatoon Global te- Test Fire? I didn't. I, uh, I I I can respect that Splatoon is an awesome game and is a game people are going to really like, but it is not a game that is in my wheelhouse. Um, oh, really? As a person who prefers to play a game single player, at this point, uh, I don't really. I I'm not really playing a lot of online games at all. Uh, so Splatoon. 
It's something that I just know is not going to get played by me. Is your hang-up because you have to talk to other people? <laughs> yes. Because I, I got the deal for you with Splatoon. You don't have to talk to anybody. In fact, you can't talk to anybody. You know how much I hate talking to people, Matt. That's <laughs> why we're talking right now. I know. Um, but, no, it's just, I, I don't know. I, I haven't played, I, I have tons of online games that I used to play. Like, I used to play some Call of Duty, and I played some Halo, and uh, I just, I, I don't know. I've, I've stopped playing those kinds of games or i'm really only interested in the campaigns for those kinds of games like i i know i'm gonna buy and play halo 5 but i don't know how much multiplayer i'm really gonna play yeah i I feel like the last multiplayer game i played was halo 4 and even then i was just kind of like okay i played a little bit and kind of cooled on that i have not picked up like any call of duties or anything and i tried the splatoon global test fire and man i had a blast really I could care less that you have to, you can't talk to anybody in that game because it is, I don't know, it just does enough different with the first person shooting genre that, like, just the different variety of weapons, just even just in the test fire, was refreshing. Or the different strategies that you have to use instead of shooting other people to win, it's painting an area and whoever has the greatest surface area covered, that's how you win. And, mm-hmm. like, people are like, oh, you can't coordinate with other people. You look at the gamepad and you just look at the map and see, like, what areas don't we have covered? What areas, uh, you know, is, are blank or anything? You're like, oh, go there. You know, that's it's pretty straightforward. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super psyched on the game. I pre-ordered it already. I'm, I cannot wait to play some more Splatoon. Are you going to get some Splatoon Amiibo? I'm going to try because the, you know, the unlock stuff in it does sound really cool because it's actual gameplay stuff, but good, good freaking luck. I'm going to find yeah, any of the three sure. packs. Man, those are so hard to get. Um, well, I'll, yeah, I'll give a shot the day it comes out. It, apparently, like, Nintendo is doing another one of those, oh, we're going to release everything on one day now. Yeah. Uh, was it Wave 4 comes out June 20, or yeah, uh, May 29th, along with the Silver Mario Amiibo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what else? Uh, the Splatoon Amiibos, and then Splatoon itself, and then after that, it's uh, it's going to be dry until probably E3 until they announce everything else. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, think of other games that I've been playing. Um, a lot of games that I'm just about to start. Uh, I ended up buying a, a new PSP because my old one uh, got had its uh, disc disc slot uh, kind of crap out. Uh, so I ended up buying a new one because there were a couple games that I really wanted to play that I had never gotten to play before because they are disc only on PSP. They are not. They're not on PSN. Um, and those are uh, Final Fantasy. Uh, damn it! <laughs> the one with the one with Zach. Uh, oh, Crisis Core. Crisis Core. There you go. Um, I've actually played Crisis Core before. I really liked it. I play, played a friend's copy, and it's uh, it's a game that I would love to go back to and play. Uh, so I can do an episode of that for this show uh, at nice. some point. So uh, so now I have that and can do that. Um, and then two other games that I really wanted to play were Metal Gear Acid and Metal Gear wow. Acid Two, which are the the card battling Metal Gear games, which just sound weird. Um, people people say the second one is a heck of a lot better than the first one um, but i'm probably just gonna end up playing through both of them Um, i think the uh, second one was a 3d game too as well like there was a special uh 
accessory, like the thing that you put over the screen of the PSP. And yeah, I know there were some really trippy things about that. Like the first, the first one is is very much well, it's, Metal it is Gear. Kojima, so hey. Yeah, but the, I mean, the first one still kind of has like a Metal Gear art style, and the second one. From from the screenshots that I've seen, um, there's cell like shading. Yeah, and it almost looks more like Hotline Miami in the way that it uses some some of like these oversaturated colors and and things and, like that. It, it is acid, man. That look, yeah, exactly. It's trip. Um, yeah. So those are games that I definitely want to play uh, to to talk about on this show. Uh, and then lastly, uh, well, a couple more. Um, I, I want to play through Peace Walker again because it is my favorite Metal Gear game. Yeah, um, I've been seeing that for sale on uh, what was it? the Xbox Game with Gold deal for this week is the Metal Gear Solid games, so and you can get Peace Walker for like ten bucks. It is something like that. so good. Like I, I played it on uh, PSP when it first came out uh, back when I had my old podcast with some college friends uh, called World Eight. That was our game of the year uh, when I it came remember. out, um, which. Man, I, there were some pretty good games that came out that year, uh, and we ended up giving it to, to Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. Uh, I, now I'm struggling to remember what it was. It might have been something like Borderlands or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like Peace Walker has really stuck with me. And then when the, the Metal Gear Solid HD collection came out for 360 and PS3, I got it on 360 and, and played through Peace Walker again on my 360 and... Got even further in that than I than I had before, and and I'd beaten it on on a PSP, but I hadn't gotten like all the bonus little things, <laughs> and I got quite a few of the bonus little things on the Xbox 360, Damn. and I I instantly you know got it when it came uh, on PSN for Vita, um, so it's there's a fresh copy of it on that, and I've I've wanted to to play it for a while and and just. Uh, haven't yet but uh but i think maybe over this memorial day weekend that's coming up that i might Mm. give that a shot and then lastly i uh have decided i really want to play persona 4 again yeah Uh, persona 4 golden to be specific uh i'm really excited for persona 5 and uh and i love about a year until that comes out yeah i I think i played persona 4 a year and a half ago or something like that um so it's it's something that is that I, I really enjoyed and, and definitely want to give another shot and because uh, there, there are all sorts of decisions that I, I didn't make or uh, that was really the first Persona game that I'd given a real shot to. I'd played some of three but didn't really like it. Um, so as a, as a kind of Persona novice, there were tons of things that I missed out on um, in, in terms of the connections and the, the characters that you can meet. I, I missed out on a ton of those guys. So... I think I'd want to go back through it, maybe with a guide, so I can just kind of see everything. Yeah, um, that's that's a possibility too. So definitely want to want to give that another shot, and I want to play it on my PS TV. <laughs> um, uh, so I can. Are you sure it's compatible? It yeah, is definitely compatible. Uh, I made sure of that. Yeah. It has no touchscreen controls, and I have the the card for it. It's one of the few Vita games that I have a card for. Um, so I don't even need to worry about my save because uh, I can just keep the keep moving the card from the TV to the Vita. What do you like more, the intro to the PS2 version or the intro to the Vita version? Intro to the Vita version for sure. Oh, like, really? The 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 song is just so good, and I like the original song better. Well, but. to be to be fair, 
I have not played the original PS2 version. Uh, I, I have seen the the intro later, um, yeah, but yeah. but like it's kind of like your favorite James Bond. Like this is the one that this is the one I saw first. Uh-huh. So even though I can say with certainty that Pierce Brosnan is not the best James Bond, he is the first James Bond I saw. So it's kind of who I associate with James Bond first. <laughs> like obviously, Sean Connery is much better than Pierce Brosnan. And also Daniel Craig is amazing and they're both great and the two best Bonds, I would say. But uh, the best one is definitely Man with the Golden Gun because of the third nipple, let's be honest. <laughs> well, I can't fault you for that. Yeah. And I, I actually it, have the same birthday as Roger Moore. Lee so. with the third nipple, man. I mean, come <laughs> on. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. So, Acid 1, Acid 2, um, Persona 4, Golden, Peace Walker, and Final Fantasy, uh, that one, Crisis Core. Crisis Core. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll definitely all be getting attention at some point, and mm. hopefully be getting shows uh, at, at some point as well. How about you, Matt? What have you been playing? I've been uh, dominating been, the conversation. Still been chipping away at uh, Mario Golf on, for Game Boy Color on uh, yeah. 3DS Virtual Console. And that That's game, uh, yeah, it's... It's, it's really cool because I've been going to like different courses and you can just pick up a shot wherever and do a little pitch putt or talk to people and do a challenge or challenge other people. It's, it's really fascinating how, how deep that game is uh, for a Game Boy game. Did you play tennis too? I have not played tennis. I think I will get that one next after I've had my fill with uh, the Game Boy Color version. I, I feel like tennis is even better because mm. um, I, I, I think it immerses you in the world a little bit more. Uh, with golf, I I play that a lot from the menu, where you can just take yeah. on new tournaments or or um, exhibitions or just like playing practice putting courses. Yeah, um, it, ha- it has had me wanting to play Mario Golf uh, Open Tour mm-hmm. uh, again for the 3DS. Yeah, but, uh, it's also a great game. Mm. But yeah, I I think tennis like you you kind of stay in the world a little bit more where you're going around and meeting new characters and, and playing the practice things. And and those are also in the golf game, but I just feel like tennis kind of pushes you towards those a little bit more. Whereas golf, uh, I feel like they, they give you the option to skip a lot of that stuff just by having you go through the menu to, to find those tournaments, mm-hmm. both great games. And, yeah. and I love the, the ability to connect those to the Nintendo 64 and bring in your RPGified characters to dominate the the regular characters that you'll find in those yeah. uh, 64 games. Never, I never ever got to try that. I never had the transfer uh, expansion pack or the Game Boy Color. Does that does that mean you've that. never played Pokemon Stadium? I've never played Pokemon. Oh Stadium. my God, Matt! I, I never. Yeah, to me, Pokemon was more about the adventure than just the battles. Like I loved exploring the world, and when I saw like, oh, Pokemon Stadium, it's just the battles in 3D. I'm like, I can skip that. You're you're really absolutely that. not wrong, but uh, Pokemon Stadium is awesome. Just in all, I the, want ugh, all the things you can. I, do. I always just wanted like a Pokemon game for the like for like the console, but now like X and Y kind of you know. It was more than enough mm-hmm. of, like, a big, heavy Pokemon adventure kind of game with online stuff. Like, all there's, all there's left is just do an MMO, and they're kind of all pretty much there at this Man, point. Man, just imagine when NX comes out, and it's just the, oh, the single-er console that 
uh, can connect to your TV and also take you on the go and think of the Pokemon games that you'll play on that one. Yeah, that one console future. I uh, really want that to be the case. That would be so awesome. Yeah, we'll find out what happens in yeah. two years from now. I, uh, I know I will be disappointed uh, from my awesome vision that I have in my head, but uh, I want it. I want it bad. <laughs> what else have you been playing? Uh, I'm trying to think of other things I've been playing. Uh, I've been, you know, downloading the free game with Xbox Live Gold, just building my library, but not playing any of those games, despite them being games like Tomb Raider, which I have not played some, for a long time. I only played the intro to that. Uh, trying to think, I played the intro to The Last of Us finally. Uh, mm-hmm. Finally got to see what the hubbub of that was. And, and damn, that, that cuts you deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, then I stopped playing after because you get to the first fight. And I'm like, this is interesting uh i'll just punch everybody i guess yeah uh, i i definitely I knocked that to, game do down to easy because i yeah. i didn't care so much about like the really tactical stuff because that game tells such a great story that i was actively being taken out of the game by you know having to do these zombie parts that i didn't really care about oh i so, didn't even get to any of the zombie parts like that the, the hardcore ones right. uh, that people get hung up on. I was just like the first fight with humans that I was just goofing around. I wasn't really paying attention to that point. It's kind of like, man, I was just really bummed out at the beginning of that game. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think what else I've been playing. Just Mario Kart and Smash Brothers are like, you know, the family uh, mm-hmm. kind of Mario Kart has become like the kind of evergreen game that, oh man, everybody who picks it up loves playing it. And the new courses just make are a blast. So Okay, so you have been playing the new courses. Have you played the, the oh, new yeah. two, 200cc? Oh god, it's so hard, man. It's like, <laughs> you got a break in that. I'm just like, what, what's this breaking in a Mario? <laughs> yeah, break? exactly. I actually uh, so haven't I'm, gotten to, to play any of that new stuff. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been just sticking to 150 and Mirror. and uh, I've been trying 200 on the side. It's, it's still tough as hell because that's, you know, yeah. The computer is a bunch of cheating assholes in that <laughs> game. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I've been playing, but yeah, that's pretty much has just been Box Boy. I think uh, I've been steadily building up a DS library. I got like Advanced uh, Tactics, Advanced Two, and nice. uh, a couple of other things I've been uh, meaning to play for just have on the back burner, just time and stuff. So yeah, yeah, I know how that is. I still have uh, like my list of games that I made at the beginning of this year. Of you know, these are the games that I want to finish this year. Uh, yeah. I'm know, it's still a... flipping through Xenoblade Chronicles. I definitely want to get to that before because uh, I've been watching since X Xenoblade Chronicles X was released in Japan recently. It, that game, holy crap! I I cannot wait. Uh, everybody's like excited for The Witcher since it's released today. I'm like, yeah, Witcher looks great, but man, I I've had my fill of fantasy for the time being. I want to get into a giant mech and wreck some shit. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Um, I'm also reading a book on Nintendo's history, um, Mm. and it's actually a two-book series um, by a French person named Flores something. Um, I don't have it with me right now to to be able to tell you. Uh, But the first one is all about Nintendo's history before they got into video games. So it's a lot about, you know, how they did their their card stuff, their playing cards and Hanafuda cards and... Uh, then getting into their toys and game stuff that they have that way, mm-hmm. um, which which got me to buy a couple of vintage Nintendo toys, um, <laughs> which I love. They are awesome. Um, but then the second book is all about the Game and Watch, and mm-hmm. and just all it it categorizes every single Game and Watch that came out. It gives you the little story of you know why 
of how it got made in the first place and, and how they how Nintendo partnered with Sharp and how if if they hadn't done that, uh, the, the way the screens work was a, was a real question on how to make those little LCDs uh, work as well as they did um, and that it actually was their uh, playing cards that they... Uh, the, the way they cut out their playing cards, that I guess they used those same kind of little teeth to to hit the screens so the they would have little bubbles in the screens like tiny little bubbles but those would help to strengthen the the plastic part of the screen where you could actually have it be that wide like wider than a watch face or something like that so uh yeah so it's like actually nintendo really helped those lcd little lcd screens become something workable and uh and then just going through all this game and watch story and all this gunpei yokoi stuff and and oh, yeah. if you uh if you are a listener to this podcast you know that uh he is he is one of those people that i am a big fan of and will talk about for a long time same here what's the name of the books uh the name of the books is uh let me just grab one real quick i got him in the other room Um, so it's a two, at, at least right now it's a two volume set. He might be working on more. The author is Florent Gorges. Uh, so Florent is F-L-O-R-E-N-T and then it's G-O-R-G-E-S. Um, and it's called the history of Nintendo. Uh, the first one is 1889 to 1980 from playing cards to game and watch. Uh, and then the second one, uh, goes from 1981 to further um and it's talking all about game and watch stuff um so they are they are really cool and they are uh pretty thorough in in their um categorization of all these things like in the game and watch one they have every single game and watch mentioned and a little description and photos and um what series it was from as the i I didn't even know that the game and watch had you know, that many series, but, you know, they started out with their silver series that had ball and, um, I'm, I'm forgetting what they are right now. Cause I, it's been a while since I've pitched the book. Uh, but then, you know, they went to the gold series and then widescreen and then new widescreen and then dual screen. And, uh, there are a ton of those. And I didn't even know they kept making game and watches for so long. Yeah. I, they went I, on pretty well into the game boy, uh, yeah, Game Boy's life for I, sure. I like there was, there were Game and Watches based on uh, Mario and Zelda and Donkey Kong. Yep, and there was a Donkey Kong Junior one too. So like, they, they <laughs> yeah, went yeah. they went pretty far in. Um, whereas you know I I was a person who was a little bit of a layman at the time because um, this it just wasn't something that I thought about or had. I, I think I had a couple Tiger Electronics ones. Uh, yeah, but I, I mean, Game and Watch wasn't as big here as it was over in Japan. It just, uh, it just wasn't. It it wasn't to begin with, but yeah. um, Japan fell out of favor with um, the the LCD screens pretty soon after the Famicom came out. Whereas the US and Europe like just like kept going with LCD oh, yeah. screens. We had so LCD games like 
well into the 90s. So, it was like one of those holdover things. Yeah, and Nintendo kept publishing them over here because of oh. that reason. So there are some Game & Watch titles that are really rare in Japan that are, are relatively common uh, to find in America. But that's pretty cool, and it's making me want to just make a Game & Watch collection now. I, I've only purchased one, and that was Octopus. Uh, because that that is just one of the coolest looking games to me, and and also it's it's definitely a Smash Brothers influence. That yeah, yeah. hey, that's uh, Mr. Game and Watch's Final Smash, and it's, <laughs> yeah, it it's is. something I've seen for a while, and and it makes me want to uh, just have that. Um, so I, I'm sure there are other ones that I'll end up trying to find. Maybe Fire and Lion and Manhole and Chef and Helmet and God, there are so many ones that that look pretty good and. I really like the ones that have like the actual Game and Watch character, rather than like the Mickey one they did, or uh, mm-hmm. uh, and they did one with a wolf that is basically the same as the Mickey one, or or even like the Donkey Kong or Mario or Zelda ones where it's like you know the, like those those to me are video games. Those aren't the LCD games. Um, and you know if I'm going to play Zelda, I'm going to go play Legend of Zelda on NES or something like that. But yep. Uh, Mr. Game and Watch is the kind of stuff that I want to play for those LCD games, and and a game like Octopus or Fire are perfect for those. But that will probably also become an episode of Gamers on the Go at some point in the future. <laughs> Maybe after I finish uh, finish this book and and do a little bit more research on some of the Tiger Electronics games that I grew up with. But uh, mm. we'll uh, we'll definitely get someone on for that. Who knows? It could be Matt Jagger. Uh, I have not played any Game & Watch games, so <laughs> it's probably a bad choice. Yeah, uh, maybe. Um, well, uh, let's wrap this thing up. We have been going on for quite a while. For, a, yeah. for We've been talking about as long as it takes to play Box Boy, if you know what Pretty you're much. doing. Um, but let's uh, let's finish this up here with asking, as always, for, for any plugs that we have for our lovely guest here, Matt. What do you got going oh, on? Yeah. Uh, haven't done a shuffle episode in a long time, but, uh, you can check me out on my friend's podcast, Abstract Japan, where he does a podcast about, uh, just Japanese music, just, uh, not the J-pop, your typical J-pop and stuff like that. It's more, uh, eclectic and eccentric kind of stuff. Uh, you want to hear some experimental music, check it out. AbstractJapan.com. Sounds good. And you want to throw out a Twitter there too? Yeah. Twitter.com. Jiggy-san. G-I-G-G-Y-S-A-N. That's where you can find me and... All my shenanigans. Very cool. Well, I mean, as always, um, you know, Gamers on the Go, you can go to gamersonthego.com uh, and, and find us there. Uh, GOTG Podcast is our Twitter uh, handle, and I think it's also our Facebook thing. I don't really upgrade, update the Facebook thing very often. <laughs> uh, maybe I should go back and check that, but uh, that's I, I prefer using Twitter. Um and then also, kind of an interesting development. You are probably not with us if you've been listening to this twelve, this two-hour podcast so far. But if you have, uh, here is some interesting information. Uh, Gamers on the Go is gonna. There's nothing. Nothing's gonna happen to it. It's still. It's still gonna come out on GamersOnTheGo.com, uh, and it's still gonna come out on our on our um, uh, iTunes feed that that we have right now. Uh, but there is another faction. Of, uh, of people here in St. Louis that I have met who have a website uh, that is dedicated to uh, games and comics and, and kind of nerdy culture stuff. Uh, and I have uh, 
been talking with them a little while and, and got to the point where, you know what, maybe we can kind of help each other out. Uh, so I'll be cross-posting things on to their site, which is called livingthenerdlife.com. Um, Nerd life. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're, they're a cool group of guys and they, uh, and, uh, they, they do some video stuff right now. I know they've been doing like unboxings for, uh, like loot crate. Uh, I, I haven't really used loot crate, but, um, uh, just the idea that you can get nerdy stuff each month in a, in a box, um, that, that goes out to different people. Um, but they they do lots of uh, comic book and and movie reviews. A lot of stuff about the new Avengers movie that's coming out. Uh, we actually have a convention uh, going on here this weekend called Wizard World. Uh, that is uh, what's today, like May May twentieth. So um, mm-hmm. it's this this weekend uh, where you know there's uh, there's going to be lots of lots of people there. Uh, for for all sorts of nerdy endeavors, uh, me as a person who kind of enjoys professional wrestling, the world heavyweight champion Seth Rollins will be there. Um, sadly, I'm going to be out of town. I won't be able to be a part of it. But um, but those guys are definitely going to have it covered and do like cosplay uh, galleries and, and all sorts of things like that. They they've done a Walking Dead podcast uh, where they I, I honestly I don't know if it's for the show or for the or for the graphic <laughs> novel. Uh, um, it, it, it certainly could be. I don't know. I think they have it separated out by uh, by numbers. Now I don't know if that's like the number of graphic novel or the number of episode. Um, but I know they've been doing that. But they've all, they're also going to host all of my uh, podcast episodes on there. So um, if for whatever reason you don't want to come to Gamers on the Go and want to get a more eclectic view of all that stuff, uh, it's going to be available on their site. Uh, right now we're still kind of transferring some stuff over or copying some stuff over. I think they have uh, on their own iTunes feed, uh, which is if you go to iTunes and go to Living the Nerd Life, uh, you'll find that there. I know they have my first 12 episodes on there, uh, and this is episode 41, so there's a ways to go, uh, but we're getting there. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there will be new episodes will be debuting there. Uh, as well as uh, being cross-posted back here on Gamers on the Go. So, um, yeah, you should definitely check those guys out. They've, they've got some some neat stuff, um, news news stuff, a lot of links, and then also some, some of their commentary on uh, other nerd, nerdy event things that are going on, uh, like, like Wizard World, like, um, you know, Avengers movie review kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, they've got they've got some stuff, and that'll be an interesting partnership. Maybe I can get some of those guys on here uh, relatively soon to, to talk about some handheld games. Um, but yeah, gamers on the go is kind of growing, and that's kind of cool. So cool. it's going to work out. You know, who knows? Maybe I'll get that press pass to PAX one of these days, and then I can be a real cool journalist guy, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Living the dream. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, Matt, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, as always, you are uh, my favorite guest slash East Coast correspondent, and uh, and I hope to have you on again really soon. Uh, if if the past is any indication, maybe in the next two to three episodes we'll maybe. be seeing you again. Whenever I beat Golden Sun or you beat Metroid Fusion, God, that's usually how it goes. Right? You know what? I went back to Metroid Fusion for just a little bit to, <sighs> to try to play it, 
And it's very fun. Uh, it's, it's a good game. Um, I don't know how much I really enjoy playing Metroid games, but it, I can definitely see that it's a good game. What I might end up do, I, mi- I might end up cheating a little bit. Uh, and by cheating a little bit, I mean cheating a lot. Because I might just watch a playthrough of it. <laughs> it's a tough game, especially at the end. But I really want to talk about it. It, it a, it's a, it's a great game, um, and it absolutely deserves an episode. Um, it's just not something that I have been able to get through. Um, we have we have done episodes on Metroid Prime Hunters uh, for DS, and I believe I also did an episode on Metroid Zero Mission. Um, which I had also not beaten. Uh, so we could definitely do an episode whenever you want. <laughs> um, but uh, I would like to research that a little bit more as well. Those are, those are all things that could possibly happen in the future. Uh, and it is fun to think about things that could happen in the future with all these fun games that are out and coming out or have been out for a number of years. Anyway. Indeed. Yeah. Well, again, thanks, Matt, for coming on, and thank you all for listening to this Always a pleasure. quite long podcast. Uh, we'll try to keep the other one a little cut down <laughs> next time. But Can next time, next time we won't have a big 30-minute, 30, 30-40-minute 30, thing on E3, so uh, hopefully that that no, will just be all like how wrong we were the next time. Yeah, yeah, or I'll just be talking to you about how great it was that Golden Sun was announced and... You'll say oh, how great it was. Metroid that... games, or Last Guardians <laughs> finally coming out. You know what we could see? I think we could definitely see like another um, collection like Nintendo's done for Mario and for Kirby. I could definitely see that coming out for Metroid, where they do a mm-hmm. collection of here's Metroid 1 and uh, 2 for the Game Boy, and Super Metroid, and uh, you know what, probably Fusion and Zero Mission in there as well. Um, especially a lot of those smaller titles, but maybe even something like a Prime or, or the Prime. There we go. Shem, Shemnu 3, Wii U only. Yeah, okay. You know what? That that sounds a lot a lot better. I think that'll definitely happen. Uh, we'll see Half-Life 3 for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely um, Half-Life 3. Uh, and, you know, Last Guardian and Mother 3. Like, they're all just coming yeah. out in 2015. Uh, or being announced in 2015, uh, you know it's it's blinks the time sweeper too makes a comeback. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, right, right Bugs along be, with Bug, Voodoo Bugs Vince Bees coming back too. Yeah, Voodoo Vince, and uh, uh, you know what? We're gonna get all the Odd World games that you could think of. Uh, there Jack was that one that's canceled. It, it's not canceled anymore. It's coming back. Yeah. Whatever, whatever that one was, forgot what it was. PT, you thought it was gone? It's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Silent Hills is all the way back. Just oh, kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, none of that stuff will probably happen, but let's keep our fingers crossed, at least for the Metroid Mother and uh, and uh, Last Guardian uh, stuff to happen. I'll find it in a couple weeks. <laughs> Definitely will. And, and we'll talk about it again very soon. Uh, one last time, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Matt, for coming on, and we will talk to you again uh, later. Hey, 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 hey,